0: But if you guys haven't heard, we have Mr. Christopher Porter and Nathan Bear on. Okay, I got I got throw one in there, though, too. Like, so, after the last gear list, I'm not going to call it a debacle. The slight. The slight. Debacle. Yeah. I mean, we kind of were a peanut gallery, kind of roasting a little bit, giving yeah. a lot of good advice. He has been the most, I'm saying the most, capital letters, requested podcast guest afterwards. People are like, when's Borg coming on? When's Borg coming on? He's
1: clearly been the most requested, for sure.
2: Give the people what they want, man.
1: That's why you're here. That's why you're here. So this is going to kick
0: off basically another round. We had Ethan on last week Mm -hmm. talking about his sheep hunt. This is going to kick off another one where we're like hunt story recaps. And I really like these because it's not just about the hunt story. It's logistics. It's draw strategies. It's hunt planning, hunt tactics. There's a lot of nuggets in here. Yeah, I really want to get into it with Porter. He's already smirking. He's already like. Nervous. And I, I, I always,
1: it. I always like the hunt recaps too, because like we always say, it's cool to have a hunt filmed, and you have that memory forever. But it is the film can't capture like literally everything. There's yeah. always, there's always some stuff where you're just like,
3: man, I wish, <laughs> yeah, I wish like that was on film. Behind the scenes, kind yeah, of the stuff. behind the scenes yeah. shit.
2: It's awesome. That's why Big Nate's here to to keep me honest. So if I, he already s- said he's gonna fact check you. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't <laughs> say hard. I just <laughs> you just, you, know,
3: just
1: yeah. you didn't say hard. <clears throat> no, but you did say you were gonna fact check them. Yes, I did. <laughs> perfect. Hey, promo. Okay, let's we're let's five it w- minutes in. This is the shortest ever to promo.
0: Okay, so everyone who's been requesting that we reduce the banter, they're gonna love this one. Oh, they're gonna love it. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, promo. So guys, we're gonna be talking about like I said, a lot of hunt logistics, hunt planning. We're in application season right now, deep in application season, actually. Like Even though it's a start, I feel like it's the deep, because mm-hmm. you should already be researching a lot. So use promo code podcast when you sign up for Go Hunt Insider. You're going to get 50 points back to the GoHunt gear shop, 50 bucks you can spend on anything. And this podcast, we're going to be talking about a lot of logistics, because I want to dive into your research. I want to dive into your maps, how you use maps scouting, how you plan this whole hunt. And so, yeah, this is going to be a lot I, of in-depth stuff about Insider and just how you found the town.
2: I genuinely used our product end-to-end to go on this hunt. It was kind of like an experiment, but also I, I really had a clean slate like a mm-hmm. year ago. I had no plans going into 23, so it, it, there was a good use case there, and I did learn a lot and got a lot of value. So,
0: Yeah, because this was your pretty much your big hunt of the year, right? So you did yes. a
2: lot
1: of work. This is your only hunt, yeah. which is so weird. Why did you do that to yourself?
2: That's a good question. I mean, we had a lot going on with work and you guys know my wife works a lot and I got
1: didn't stop me and Brady too, I hey <laughs> <laughs> boom fist bound
2: coaching soccer hey, Oh hey, yeah, I, was coach, I coach baseball wait, wait buddy no offense but it's like when they're 4 years old and that's, it's T-ball That's true Dude I'm like <laughs> they don't even know how to run run like the bases. All, all-star <laughs> soccer I'm like the coach like super into it, by the way I heard a story so. about you over the weekend Hey hey you could insert a video of me coaching my wife's got a couple yeah, great vids. Yeah,
1: and here's here's what I'm going to answer. So I heard a story of you over the weekend that you did not tell me. What? You got a yellow card from the ref on the sideline as the coach. Oh, wait, what? red. Yay, you <laughs> got a yellow. I've never
4: seen a coach yellow.
1: And held back by another parent. This, I, is I, this is what this is what I heard over the weekend.
2: My wife's a narc. That
1: and I heard it's on film. That's and I heard. feel like this is They're, the one we need to put on that you, film. That clip.
2: You will clip. You die laughing. I was hoping you didn't ever hear that story, but <laughs> I. <laughs> it was like the the playoff game, the final final game,
1: championship game,
2: championship game, and of the playoffs. It was to go to like Arizona to the tournament champions. It was a big game, and the ref kind of. Just made some bad calls. And I mean, they're volunteers. Like, (laughs) I can only be so bold with my critique, right? But he was starting to get annoyed with me. And I was like, pushing, pushing. And then this, and literally this person pushed my daughter and like to the ground and then scored a goal. It was like just the most outrageous foul ever. And he didn't call it. And I was, and like, you know, I was chirping for sure. And he goes, That's it. And he takes out his like card, like he's going to give me one. And I go, like, give it to me. You know, like, <laughs> like what do you do with your yellow card? And he, yeah, he. Didn't. I
1: heard you had to be held back by a different parent.
2: That's a slight of. I heard it's on film. The other coach was technically holding me back. I wasn't even physical. <laughs> was technically holding <laughs> me back. Yeah. Uh, I just picture
3: him like throwing a lawn chair. You yeah, know, like you saw like a couple movies. Yeah,
2: just I got a warning from the board like earlier in the season because <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of a reputation. I would like, you know, they they said I was good because I was always pretty positive. But I mean, I would scream, "Attack! You gotta want it!" You know, <laughs> <laughs> to these nine ten year old girls. <laughs> but like a one the one time I got in trouble earlier in the season was they, we, what? You,
1: it's we, yeah, thing. it's yeah, it's not a we. This is a you thing.
2: <laughs> uh, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I got trouble it was it was like it was like game 3 or 4 or whatever when we were when we just let a terrible goal happen and I took my hat a go hunt hat plug go hunt softy and chug like just chucked it on the floor and like picked it up quick but then I got like a an stern email from the board about throwing a hat like the rules you're always supposed to say positive so <laughs> well, like, really in yeah. yeah. children sports yeah so,
3: but, uh, uh, I will. My man shows emotion. He you know? does.
1: He does show emotion. I will say though, like coaching my, even though he is for coaching baseball, he, he can't control it sometimes. <laughs> like it's it's tough. Even though I mean it's your kid. It's like I had no problem staying quiet for myself. Like when I played and you know just deal with it on the back end or make up for it on the next play. But when it's your kid, like flies sometimes. 100%. <laughs> yeah, it flies. Mm. I never right. got. An email from the board and I never got a yellow card <laughs> or had to be held back by a different parent. I have passion for uh, sure. me just like loudly saying something for other people to hear is like kind of out of the norm for me, you know? Like yeah. in a to create a scene. I did a couple times. But that was about as far as
2: it went. You just there's something about your kid and you're just yeah, just competitive it's tough. And, but uh Omar and Cody for the film came out and got some b roll me coaching soccer the night before we left and stuff. But Perfect. There's there's some good footage. Of my wife, I'll give it to you, Cody. But um, anyway, the, you asked why I didn't hunt. Like between coaching soccer and work and family and just the ages of, it's just tough. So I, I decided instead of like sorting myself kind of thin across a couple hunts, I was gonna go one. I burned you know a good amount of points. I was gonna go hard on it, planning, researching, not cut the day short, and all that good stuff. So, so, so- it was a light season though, like too light for sure. But. We can do.
0: So take me back to before you put your app in. What did you do to try to find this hunting opportunity? Cause you said you had to burn a lot of points. There's, there's actually probably a little bit more pressure when you do have a lot of points yeah. you're gonna be burning. Because it's gonna take you a long time to probably get a tag like this again. Yeah. Kind of walk me through your process of how you how you found this hunt, how you started like diving in to figure out like, hey, this is this is the one, this is the unit in this said state. I'm not gonna say a state unless you want to. You guys know my feeling on that, but you can do whatever you want. This is this is your show. It's Colorado, there we go. Colorado. <laughs> I'm just cringing right now,
2: but yeah, talk, walk
0: me through the process.
2: But I will, okay, so to like help disguise the unit a little bit for you, Brady, I'll say I burned five to ten points, so okay. enough that was definitely mean. You
1: can say the exact amount of points you, you burned. No, we're, we're here for the people, that's what this, uh, that's what Trail and I hold people accountable for. We're here for the people.
2: But my, how many points did you burn? My guy Bradley's gonna like be, I don't want to get a stern. You how many Start units knocking? are in Bradley Colorado can,
3: that take that many points? Bradley can deal
1: with it. I might right be,
2: at the point break?
3: No. We didn't have to tell him it was at the point break. You just had to tell him how many. How
1: many you points burned. you burned. It just puts it in perspective.
3: Anyway, five what? to
2: ten. It was enough to, like, be, to, to care.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of years.
2: Yeah, so, but anyway, so, like, a year ago now, it was, like, going into it going, okay, what can I draw? I didn't have enough for Wyoming. I was worried about winter call, so that was kind of out i looked hard at arizona i have a good number in arizona at this point but it's like a little bit in between um nevada i drew you know deer tag a couple years ago i drew an elk tag i'm still locked out so like it it ended up being like colorado i'm saving up another year or two for a deer hunt that i'm kind of targeting in colorado but elk kind of like colorado elk is kind of what seemed to what makes sense Mm -hmm. and i was like okay what what can i draw i have you know enough points to be dangerous and um and I started narrowing it down and um, obviously looked at draw odds. To me, draw odds is like just the entry point. Can I draw this tag? Green light go, red light, no, right? So I go green light into the ones I can draw. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna be burning way more points than you have to, right? So you're trying to figure out like where you wanna cash in at the right value, generally speaking. And I'm looking at bullet cow ratios, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at that. One thing I really unlock, so I'm looking at the, you know the private and, and then i've leveraged the unit profile a lot more than i have in previous years and what i realized this year was like i went down to the unit profile section or the comments on Mm. the unit profile of this one unit i was there's a couple units i was looking so i started playing in the comments down below our members have it's incredible i haven't looked like hard in you know a year or so but i mean we average whatever 50 to 100 comments per unit profile now and and because it's kind of like behind you have to be a member you know it's like, it seems like members are really trying to help members, but it's like really helpful. They're not saying like, go to this ridge and you're going to shoot a giant and stuff, but they're like yeah. helpful around access and things like that. And so anyway, I just started commenting back and forth with a couple of people that had the tag in previous years and learned a little bit and, and exchanged some email addresses, you know, with a couple of the guys and was talking. And, and so it was, I really got a lot of value in like, you know, engaging with the membership base on this. So I was looking at like two or three units and um yeah applied for the one that i picked and drew it did you do
0: uh, any sort of combination of like maps research with using you know like draws and filtering and tools like that
2: yeah it's a good question so i hadn't done a true backpack hunt in a long time right so I, we had done llamas one was you one with brandon you know we filmed those those were great but it was like llamas and you know, I was able to take my pesto and tortillas, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, pesto king over there. <laughs> you know, twelve cans of of uh, fuel. I mean, you, you know, you get to bring yeah. the luxuries, and we had cots. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, that's a luxury. Oh gosh,
1: that's a real luxury.
2: Well, we had those. What are those? Uh, Killinox? Killionox no, chairs. Two pounds. I mean, it's a luxury, but it's because it's two pounds. It's like debatable. <laughs> it's debatable whether you do. Uh. You could even talk yourself into a back on a backpack up. But anyway. Um, so I really wanted a true backpack hunt, and so I was I was leveraging maps even more than normal Like during the research phase. Yeah, during the research phase of like, kind of, how much access is there? I was kind of looking for less access and a good trail system and things like that. So yeah, I was I was easy scouting a pretty good amount early.
0: And then I want I want to jump into more on like so you ended up drawing the tag. Yep. You knew you were going to draw it. Um, it
2: wasn't like I was. It was like a pretty big favorite but with potential point creep or whatever it was definitely still a sweat yeah but i should draw it yeah i, I was supposed to have a couple more than i need like two or yeah. two more than i needed i was supposed to draw it
0: and this is why i want to get into the map side because you did a lot of work ahead of time i'm gonna give you a lot yeah. of
1: props for that that's what like, porter does man that's what he does yeah
0: so like i remember getting called in your office all the time you even had your, you had your computer, you had to cast it up to the TV. Like you were doing
1: like <laughs> big picture favorite. e-scouting. Come down here, to here, take like a seat in this nice leather chair. I'll throw it on the big screen and we'll start running through everything.
0: Get you a cup of coffee, Get <laughs> Yeah, you did. Yeah, so like walk, walk me through what you were kind of looking at and you, cause you never stepped foot in this unit. You never did any boots on the ground pre-scouting. So it was all going to be e-scouting. So like, how did you kind of go about, about picking out your access points? Where are you going to glass? What kind of terrain you're looking for? How are you trying to figure out maybe where these bowls might be in the season that you had?
2: Yeah so great questions yeah this particular unit from here in vegas is a poke right you're talking well over a 10 hour drive tough to get boots on the ground tough to tough to get too much scouting in so yeah i really leaned on e-scouting talking to members that have hunted it before trying to get trail systems down and things like that um i also wanted to secure like a good like Team or like friends, especially backpacking with elk, like you can do it solo, but it's
1: and that's why Nate is here.
2: It's a bit. This is this is big Nate, even though he's not like a real big individual. We had two Nates on the hunt.
3: Yeah, normal size. Normal
2: size. Not a little, not big.
3: Yeah,
1: normal Um, size Nate.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We lifted by the way this morning. 5:30, he met me at the gym.
1: And I heard you quit early. He pumped. So full of shit. (laughs) Nate is the fact checker. He. Told I walked in you know, here this morning. That's it was, fake
2: news. You know that's fake. It news. was. We just, went hard at the very last minute. I had to go get my girls to school. God forbid, I'm a father.
3: <laughs> just saying. Last, last, whatever. I don't know if it was the end of the workout, but on the last set we were doing, he says, "Okay, I got to go in five minutes." And I'm like,
1: "Okay." We can still get it done. Yeah.
2: Anyway, um, so he, this is this <laughs> big Nate because our film guy, who was awesome. Who's a bigger individual than Nate? He's a big dude. but he, yeah, he's, yeah. we call him Little Nate because he but he's know. younger. Yeah, yeah, four people on the hunt, and two of them were name, named to Nate. It was weird, but anyway, Big Nate here. So yeah, one of the perks of working at Go Hunt and more senior role is you can ask people if they want to hunt with you. So
1: you can poach some help. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. So Nate was like, sure, like work at the office for a week or go hunting elk and help you. I'm in. No, yeah. so he was in real early. Um, fit for his schedule, and then, um, and then my buddy Scott, who's been around the office, you know Scott, yep, uh, went on runs a nice deer hunt last year. Newer into hunting, Air Force, really really close buddy of mine, um, went on the hunt. Who we could talk about in a little bit, but he's like, for a new hunter, he's like very experienced very quickly in certain things, right? Because of the military background, yeah, it,
3: it's it's the pilot in him, and it's. It's the eyes, and it has to do with his vision. It's well, crazy. It's not,
1: it's not just that he's a pilot, because, like, a commercial pilot. You know what I mean? Flying uh, Southwest.
2: Yeah, F-16. He's, po- he's
1: yeah, hunting. Yeah. He's hunting. She's a different species.
2: Yeah. He's literally, like, a, one of the best fighter pilots we have in our country.
1: Ever. Yeah, like, one yeah. of the best ones ever. Plug Scotty. And uh, it's kind of weird. Like, when you do, I've gotten to know Scott well through you. And it's kind of crazy. Like, you talk to him, and he's just such a good dude. He's so awesome. And then you kind of find out, you know, yep. his stature. And you're like, I know I know you. Like, you're just a normal, like, I just hang out with you normally. But, like, your job this is really weird. So yeah. I always try to poke him for his job. He can't tell me shit,
2: obviously. He, but he, I try my hardest. He's big time in the Air Force, <laughs> though. We can't even probably share as much as we know. But he's he's big time. And he's really smart and intelligent all that good stuff. So Good. his
1: hunting for him it translates very well. Yeah, it's extremely well. Translates it's, well. Logistics, finding all that stuff, yep. strategy.
2: They had never met, but we, um, but we had a great time. But but rewinding, so like the team was secured. The you got the t- you got the A team early early on. It's like July, and I'm asking these guys for copies of their gear list. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's no joke. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's that
0: legit. True. I'm proud of you, Porter.
2: Uh-huh. Thanks, Bradley. It means a lot. You know, one of the kindest things Lorenzo ever said to me was last podcast when he said I was the logistics king. Oh, so, That's so what I
0: wanted, wanted to get into here in a second. But I wanted to know a little bit more like the, the, the maps research side. Like, you, Did you create like a hunt folder you were sharing with Nate? Was Nate doing a little bit of e-scouting as well? Like yeah. How would how'd you combine that unit to a giant unit? How do you narrow it down?
2: Yeah, so July, August? July and August. What, what, what's your perspective? Because you probably like... When I started I start getting things you?
3: before I was still scouting my units for my hunts, and I'm getting bombarded just with, in a great way. I mean, because it was a bunch of information and all of his ideas and thoughts. Because then he'd send me a folder of all this stuff. And then he'd like, text me like little individual things. What do you think about this? I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. And so you, then you got to put the pieces together. Yep. And then a week and a half later, you'll get on a call with him, and then he'll make the puzzle come together. So, I mean, it was a little different at first, but, I mean, no shortage of, like, info or his ideas, you know, because everything's turning, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah. And it's a million pieces, and then eventually you (whistles) get it all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, he was dialed. That's
0: what I wanted to bring up, because, like, it resonates well with me for a lot of people. Like, you always hunt with your buddies, you know? You each, maybe you both have a tag, you're each got in the same thing, and, like, you guys did a really good job, I felt like, of combing the entire unit through e-scouting like you like we're gonna get in a second like you're logistics logistics king it's like you guys had everything dialed way ahead of time i think that was like you know what set yourself up for a good plan going forward you knew everything you knew everything like the back of your hand before you stepped foot in the unit pretty much from what i saw
2: so part of for sure and even got it gets really hairy when you're like two and three weeks out the level of detail mm-hmm. like, you have like an itinerary
3: um we had an itinerary
2: <laughs> but but um it's what I realized this year too is, is like, especially with only having one, like one tag, is it's my way to like feel like I'm hunting longer. Like, I actually really enjoy it. That's what I realized. Like, geeking out on gear, testing gear, breaking in boots, changing my mind, all that. I actually, that's part of the, a huge part of the enjoyment. And it makes me feel like I'm hunting way more than I'm actually hunting yeah. now because I'm thinking about it. And that's what, that's my favorite thing about those backpack hunts is like all the logistics, all the thought that goes into it gets your mind turning. I love mm-hmm. that part of it. It makes me just think and, uh, i love it so yeah we we like it was early on it was like okay what are what backbones are we hunting what are like our main regions what are our main areas and you know that was that took you know a month or so back mm-hmm. and forth they're real casual and then it started to get real tight so yeah i created a hunt folder right 2023 colorado elk shared it with with him and scott um updated constantly and i would text i had created a, a group text and i would be texting him when i have to date it what I updated it with. I was doing icons of, like, glassing spots. Of course, like, a certain color meant glassing, and then i do the icon glassing. And then, you know, if I talked to a member that said they had seen elk here before, I would put an elk icon there and things like that. So, I mean, how many waypoints did we have probably going into the hunt?
3: Oh, over 50.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I
3: think it was somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. And doing all that, especially, like, during that time frame, you got to definitely... It was quick to see how many little areas or spots disappeared and it was you know based off of either a how drainages looked or this and that or just bases uh based on like ease like we have x amount of days what's feasible what's not and based on the intel that he drug up you know throughout Mm -hmm. planning um you quickly learned okay well obviously the you know 90 percent of what we understand or know is here we can get rid of get rid of the rest and that really helped us You know, get honed in on what we wanted to do. I mean,
2: this is a first rifle hunt, so there it's five days.
0: That's tight. That's why planning up ahead is.
2: That's why logistics and the planning and scouting was so critical going into it. I mean, five days. You, as you guys know, you don't want to be on day three of a five-day hunt and be like, really, back to the drawing board. Like, Mm -hmm. so. And we almost were. Yeah, we almost were. So, so it was. It was. We were. er, Early on, we finalized um, like our arrival dates, mm-hmm. and so it was going to be. It opened on a um, producer over there breaking the. Cell yeah, phone producer. Roll. Yep. That's
0: why I don't give a mic. Yeah. <laughs> that hinge. Redacting you.
2: Tinder. Um. <laughs> so hunt we'll opened on a Saturday. Yes. So we we committed early on to be driving really early on Wednesday morning, like really early, to be able to scout Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. All day Thursday, all day Friday. Yep. Um, so should we get into like the rival plans? Or? We, if
0: this is what I wanted to get into. So you've been known for the longest time here at Gohan. All right, everyone's seen the videos. You're the undisputed Undie King. <laughs> but I heard something from Nate that it, he he joked earlier off air. He said you're the Undie Queen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nate, well, yes. You say that. Did you say
3: that? Well, I did, but for good reason. Because we have to be honest here. How were you feeling after the hunt? How were you walking back to the hotel after we got off the mountain and we had dinner?
2: Did I get a little bit of chat button? You did. Did I? Oh, <laughs> you know why? You forgot. Oh, I, I, if you got I, chat button. Here asked, we go. Dude, it came out. It was like the, the last day. Do you know why I remember? My ratio of baby wipe to teepee, I went a little bit too moist and I... <laughs> And when you do that, that's yeah. the risk with baby wipes. If you you got to dry it out. If you, you trap some moist in there, yeah. chap butt. You're right. When I came off the mountain, though, okay. I did have some chap butt. Okay. Um, yeah. Nothing that would ruin my hunt. I was feeling my feet. No. I, yeah. Feeling, well, I did. Have, I had one blister pop.
0: The boot king as well. He's been known as. Okay. But.
2: On the hunt, he,
3: everything was okay. Okay. Everything but it was okay. Was, it, once we got back to, that's you know. Right.
1: That was just his body like expelling the stress of the hunt it's yeah. just like oh yeah. we're done now no. i can no. now i can yes. do this so,
0: so i just wanted to get that part of the way because based on our that like, gear podcast we did mm-hmm. you are now known as logistics king and this is where i give you even more credit because you were tracing lines on your map ahead of time we were estimating how long was going to take you to get in there you were taking you know maps from where you were staying tr- travel time you're including all that before you guys got in the field so you you had like you know how long it's going to take you to hike to that knob. You know that knob, you know, driving to get over here. If we have to do back up plan, how long that's going to take Like that is in-depth level e-scouting to the point where like you are the logistics king.
1: And it's no waste of time. One thing I, I wanted to jump into one of the it's things. It's my that,
2: birthday. You guys are being awfully
1: nice. One, one No, one of the things, honestly, that <laughs> I think a lot of people could learn from including myself because I am not the logistics king and I don't do hardly enough work going into a hunt. But when you guys were sharing screens, like you took advantage of Zoom and mm-hmm. Google Hangouts, where you would share your presenting screen to Nate or to Scott, and we would run through. Yeah. Well, I would just, was in there watching. I was yeah. part of it just on your screen. Yeah. And then these two guys were back at their places, Scott and, and Nate. And It's like, that visual to make sure you're talking about the same thing mm-hmm. all the time, yeah. that really like helped you, Nate and, and Scott too, like knowing what they're doing. And then, to take that even a step further, it was Porter's Hunt, and you had these guys helping them. Like, you had their logistics dialed. Like, mm. you with the itinerary for Nate. Is I couldn't
3: like, freelance anything. Nate, no. It was... so it's
1: like, Nate, you are showing up between 3 and 4 p.m., like, literally within an hour. Yeah. Like, you're showing up between 3 and 4. Here's where you're going to go. So you're going to get there two hours before me. This is where you're going to go. Seriously? I'm going to show up between 5 and 6, and this is where I'm going to go. <laughs> it's like, it was literally dialed like on their side there was no there was no room for it made
2: uh, it easy for the help yeah, yeah. there's
1: no room for like oh, i'm just gonna wing it and yeah. maybe turn i mean i
2: up. i'm a planner in my everyday life trips i'm the one that like book stuff and my family like i'm I'm a planner by day by day every day but this being my only hunt of the year wanting to maximize every ounce of time in the field and it only being five days actually was a really big blessing to disguise because it forced me to have a really good plan. I will then apply this to even nine day hunts because I just feel like I learned a lot. And so yeah, when we, so when we started really tightening up the plan, like after we had our zones figured out, it was like, okay, we get there Wednesday afternoon, what area can we cover with glass with a minimal amount of hiking because we were dr- driving in that day to check off a spot? Mm-hmm. And we had to divide and conquer. So he goes to a spot on the north side of the unit, Scott and I go south side of the unit, that night we meet in town. We share. Next morning we have more time, right? Yep. We hike up. We met. That's what you're talking about. We tri- like my favorite knob, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I actually the hiking, all that was dialed. The logistics part of it was dialed. That knob sucked. <laughs> but like, remember that knob that I would just we looked at constantly. It was too, way thicker than it looked. Yeah. Um. But went there. He went to his spot. Met back midday Thursday. So we've covered four spots by middle of Thursday. Still doesn't open until Saturday. Um, you know he goes to a spot Thursday night, and, and so on and so on. But anyway, by Thursday, so our plan—the good news—our plan was good. We we were efficient. We checked off.
3: The plan was incredible. Like, but the bad th- news: what we were finding was nothing. not incredible.
2: Okay, we saw nothing. Nope. We were like,
3: well, we saw a couple raghorn rag dinks. Well, that was
2: that was Friday morning. That's Friday morning. Yep. So Wednesday night and all day Thursday, we didn't see an elk. Yeah,
3: we and this isn't there. a
2: unit where elk density is supposed to be pretty good. There's mm-hmm. some private stuff, like there's things that make it more challenging. But elk density is not supposed to be one of the challenges. We didn't see an elk. So, so then
0: how are you? How are you modifying your remaining scouting days, boots on the ground, to accomplish that? Then
3: we stuck with the plan to check off the box. So that's one thing I liked about his logistics was was even after the first night and the first day, like, we still hadn't seen shit. And it's, the terrain is not, I wouldn't say it's worse. Uh, it's just, it's it's harder to pick, pick apart. That was one of the thickest places oh, I've ever been. So mm. much thicker than we realized. I mean, whether it was timbered thick or burnt thick, did not matter. That was weird. So mm-hmm. it was just, we weren't being able to see any of what we thought we were going to see, so like I said, we just stuck to the plan, and finally by Friday morning, we were we had one more on the on the list,
2: and that was pack up and go in. It, and the good news was it was our it was our number one spot. We just we couldn't get glass on it. We were trying these spots mm-hmm. to get glass on it, and we just couldn't without backpacking in. Yep. The once the second spot he did backpack in on Thursday and didn't see nothing. So like that's. <laughs> That was like, oh, uh, that was that was scary because that was a second spot, almost number one spot. We loved the second spot. He crossed that off the list, and then so yeah, Thursday night we're like, there was really no point to backpack in in the dark because you weren't going to really be, like, uh, you know, get, get glass didn't. on anything. So you might as well check off another spot that's easier to get to, and then just backpack in after the morning hunt, mm-hmm. which is what we did. So Friday morning. Went to a thick, nasty little spot. I had to hike up. Little knobs, rocky, and we saw those raghorns. And then, and then we get back, and we're, like, getting ready to backpack in. And it was a weird feeling because we had not confirmed that there were elk there at all.
3: Not, zero. So, I mean, we're either going to hit it or not. And we better hit it because, guess what, we're out of spots. You know, so that, that was the, the weird part about it. But but
0: I I like the plan, though, so far. You you basically did the whole process of elimination, find areas where there's not elk to then find areas, hopefully have elk. So you went to the easier spots first, tried to get big glass and look at long distance. That didn't work. And you slowly worked into your A plan, which was going to be backpacking. So it probably made sense to jump in there right away, cross those other areas. could be a big bull in those spots, too. So you're trying to cover everything. So Friday, did you go into it? Your last scouting day, did you go into it backpacking for food and everything for the rest of the hunt? Or did you go in for that day and then come out and then we go back Great question.
2: In? We kept going back and forth on that. We were thinking two and three days, but then it was like, it's a five-day hunt. Because, yeah, we were thinking about going in light, and then we can always go back and fuel up. But, like, the hike was... We had a track to, like... Four and a half, it ended up being like six for a reason we can explain in a second. But it was it was a lot to like go back to the truck and back in. Like you mm-hmm. all know, when you're up there, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So we just ended up going in <coughs> full boat, full like expecting Thanks. to not come in there till or out of there till the day after the hunt. Yep. That was definitely something we debated though. But as we're, it was a weird feeling because because even if if we got skunked, we were burning. Two days of the hunt. We weren't coming out of there till day three, because when you Mm -hmm. go in there, you're not coming. And it's big country. You got to roll a couple basins. So it's like, it was a little, it was uncomfortable. And I remember, remember, well, first we get to our spot to hike in and there's a gate. There's not supposed to be a gate Mm -hmm. at all. You look at the map, you look at satellite imagery, it's, it's all public. There's no reason for a gate.
3: We even had local intel
2: that said there was no gate. Wow. And
3: this gate's been there for a long time. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and there was damage on a road. Yeah. That uh, from from rain which is not going to be mapped. And and I even called the national like uh, forest the Forest uh, Service the ranger, in the region. Yeah, I really couldn't get through, but they probably would have told me. Yeah. That's another that's I guess one thing I could have done differently is really get aggressive on the ranger station to get the the road stuff, but mm-hmm. that road was closed so the hike ended up being that was an extra mile and a half mm-hmm. on just walking on a road.
0: And that's so defeating. Oh, there's nothing more deflating than being on a road when you realize you could have a vehicle if it wasn't gated. Yeah. Then you get to a
2: state piece, and we all know the state piece is in Colorado, which is frustrating. Then you yeah. get to a state piece; it's public land, but they have they they lease it out,
4: yeah.
2: gate. So then we're bushwhacking. We're supposed to be able to just go to this trailhead and go. Yeah, and I get go. Then around. we're bushwhacking around the state. So it's we are. Th- Two and a half, three hours into the hike before we hit the trailhead, and it's actually like what we're supposed to be starting on. Oh, so it's starting off on a little shaky ground,
0: and no elk up to this point. Going, going in.
2: Now you're on. Now you're on the trail. You're not seeing sign. Okay, we're looking at each other, going. You seen sign? No, I don't see sign. Let's keep at it. Old, really old,
3: like
2: winter, winter sign. Like this is where they come. In a in a month or so, <laughs> and now because the state piece is blocking one of the thing, the trail system is not nearly as good as we
3: anticipated. Washed out. I mean, there's parts of it where it, you could see it, and then there's parts where it's non-existent for a long ways. So mm-hmm. it was it was a little brutal, and we're all kind of like in the back of our minds, we're like, oh shit, but we were just like, screw it, we're in here, and, we, and this is literally our plan. So let's just do it. Uh,
0: at least the only cherry on top i can think of it's kind of like a barrier of entry though for other people like you might realize you can possibly have a spot yourself that's it
2: and that is true we ended up getting up there and we kept going that was the blessing it was like no one's been up here for a long time yeah Yeah, we we had the entire mountain to ourselves.
3: yeah Um, i'd say with the whole preparation and scouting and stuff like that it's e-scouting and this and that i'm a big proponent on seeing it first like uh this is probably the first time I think I've gone in completely blind just off of e-scouting. And that was the only, that w- that worried me a lot. And because if you have a chance to see it first, you find out about all these yeah. issues and this mm-hmm. and that, but I didn't have time in my schedule. He didn't have time. So <clears throat> if you have the chance, it's always best to put eyes, but if you don't try to give yourself as many, uh, a B and C plans as possible just for people that are listening. But, it was good that we had that, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and we still had some roadblocks. But if you got ways to figure out how to get around them, cool.
0: Yeah, and that makes those days before the hunt more essential too. Like, yeah, you could yeah. have showed up on Friday, yeah. going with your plan, but you wouldn't have known all that stuff with hadn't you had those <laughs> prior scouting days. Exactly. How do so, you how do
2: you
1: find out that state piece was leased?
2: Uh, got to, uh, got to a gate. It's literally gated. Like we're on this road, so this road's closed. Which we didn't think was going to be closed, but that's because it was washed out. Yeah. So that explains that. You didn't
1: call the county?
2: No. So that's a less, that I could have done, and I yeah. also could have called the ranger station.
1: Yeah. And really so that's how you figure out in Colorado, is yeah. you can call that county assessor
2: and, and ask if it's yeah. leased. Yeah. I mean, sometimes if it was like for grazing or whatever, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it was a legit gate.
3: Yeah. Like a very with, legit. With gate. signs yeah.
2: and everything that pretty much stated such. Oh, no. So, nice. Yeah. It was not.
1: It was posted, yeah. So yes. it was leased, hundred percent, hundred percent, no yeah. trespassing. It was yeah. like
2: you don't, you don't do it. Yeah. So we went around and bushwhacked and and all that, but then we get to the trail system. It's not that good. So we left the truck at maybe ten a.m. thinking it was going to take us to get to camp till two. Well, two ends up turning into four thirty. So my logistics king part of me is like we're a little bit behind. We have to scout tonight because mm-hmm. I have no idea what the hell we're doing. And tomorrow morning's the opener. And I've never been up here. I don't know what's happening. Where are we going to be in the morning? My head is going. My plan is is a little bit derailed right now. So we get up to camp and it's like everyone's trying to get settled and I'm trying to I was trying to be mo. I was I didn't want to lose you my. He's getting a little worked up. You know, he's
3: because he's behind the schedule. Port. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Behind schedule. So I'm like, put down the packs. We're going to scout. But, you know, you want to set up camp while you can in daylight or whatever. So we ended up saying, hey, Scott, if you don't mind. Or I did. <laughs> I said, hey, Scott, do you mind being the camp? I think camp we, set, we set
3: tents. We, set, we tents, set tents. You're right. But we may, uh, put Scotty on uh, water and firewood. Water and water firewood.
2: Because yeah. we were, we were going to have, like, I think the low was like 18 that night. It was pretty, pretty yeah. chilly. It going to get down. So cold. we wanted to get firewood and all that stuff and just get situated. You know how it is when you get to camp. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're like, it's like five. And I think it's it pitch black at what, 6.15? Mm-hmm. So it was like, we had prime time, but we had to book it. So it was like, hey, we're going hard to that knob right there. Scott, can you get this organized if you don't mind? We get up to this knob. So now it's like 5.30. It's prime time, but we only have about 40 minutes. Of daylight we have been in this unit now for three full days right like we've been hunting now it hasn't opened but we've been it feels like we've been hunting quite a bit we have not seen an elk or heard one or heard one and then what happened
3: we were about three quarters of the way up to the knob and we heard a bugle and both of us our eyes just went like this we just got all giant we're like oh shit there are right. because the whole way in all afternoon it's thicker than hell, so you can't see anything. You can't yeah. see anything. There's no tracks. There's nothing. And so, like, yeah, this is three and a half days of, like, elk don't exist. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I had sent Brando a text that night. I'm like, there's elk in Colorado, right? You know, just joking around. Yeah, so we heard that bugle, and so we immediately just ran to the knob because we still can't see anything. Yeah, I've it's never so thick. felt that claustrophobic. And finally, we got up on the knob, and that whole basin was filled with them. 20 bulls.
2: What? 20 bulls, one cow. Middle of October, it's the younger bulls, but they are screaming their faces off. From we glass, well, there was that one we never ended up seeing down never down in the bottom, but that one at the top, we see we see him, and then all of a sudden there's like 18 bulls that feed out from the top yep. with a lonely cow, and they are screaming and fighting, and the, and so we're high five, and we're like we're in the elk, holy cow, we're, this is great, yeah. we're like we're on a high, yeah. and these bulls literally come down, and then about halfway down we're like they kind of seem to be headed towards camp. <laughs> we're like, "Oh no, they're headed right to camp." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we did we did camp on water." Right? Not So,
3: just to clean that up for those that are listening.
2: Um, again.
3: Not c- completely on water. We were in between two water holes and we were in a saddle kind of in between where two saddles met. So we yeah, we were kind of in this little triangle of of hope here. And when we first got in there, I'm looking around. There's still snow on the ground because it snowed two days before we got up there. And I'm seeing elk tracks. But there's nothing that's telling me, like, these are this week, you know, uh, but fresher than anything we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like anything has been through here recently. So it didn't even dawn on me, you know, maybe this is, like, their little pathway, yeah. you know. So, yeah, we set camp. And for 30 minutes up there, we are watching these idiots Chase each other around and butt heads and screen their faces off. And the whole thing, and I think I said it, you know, on film, I was like, holy shit, they're going to camp. And the whole herd of them, the whole flock, it just looked like the whole mountain was moving that direction. I'm going, well, Scott's gonna have visitors. <laughs> <laughs> and he did.
2: They went right
3: into camp. Really?
2: They go right into him about 50 yards and they start screaming at him. He says he's doing firewood, and he's like, surrounded by bulls. He's like, I didn't, I've never seen it. I didn't know what to do. He's like, I didn't know if I was supposed to like get ready to protect myself. Or he's like, these—they're screaming their faces off. And so he had—he had quite a bit of excitement. We come back to camp. He's like, Did you guys shoot the elk? And we're like, Yeah. How, how was it up close and personal? But I mean, there's water everywhere up there. Mm-hmm. Looking back, we—we we should have camped. You don't know what you don't know. We should have camped just on the other side, up of the, off the saddle. But yeah, there's, well, they there's ran water in, everywhere. Yeah, they ran over in, that
3: saddle too. Yeah, we're gonna the week. run into yeah. no matter what. There was so. water in the basin they were in um you know it was just dumb luck i guess mm.
1: that was just their water hole for the night that was the one they were gonna to hit yeah there's no
2: way to not camp that would have avoided them entirely but
3: we were a little uh, bit worried because we weren't sure what they were going to do after that uh only because there was one shooter bull in there mm. um you know uh, but and i still don't know where they went we never saw them again
2: no well that's the bulls no some of those are the bulls we bumped the next day midday when we were going up to the top that's true
3: that's true they never did come back onto our side um once they once they went over because they literally just went around scott like that oh wow (laughs) once they went over they never came back we never saw them again well we saw them the next day but i mean not in our little basin yeah yeah
0: so the end the day on a high note super
2: high note we're at camp Fire, eating good, obviously have all your fresh food and supplies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're on, we're exhausted from the hike in, but we're feeling really good. And it mm-hmm. dropped in temperature too. It got
3: cold and we cranked that fire up and ate food. Yeah, we had a great
2: night. Next morning.
0: It's basically Christmas morning, opening day.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's better yep. than Christmas. Orange goes on for the first time. Rifle comes off the backpack, dusted off, getting, mm-hmm. you know, I sleep with it right next to me. Smart. Vestibule, vestibule area and um, and uh, going up to our knob that we were at the the, the night before. Scotty's knob, by the way, it ended up becoming Scotty's, Scotty's knob because Scott spent a lot of time there. Go up to the knob, pretty much see elk right away and see a shooter bull. Like we're looking for a, to set the stage too. We're looking for a good bull. Like we're not just trying to shoot the first thing we see. We're trying to you know we're trying to hunt a good quality old bull. Mm-hmm. But there was one right away. We ended up. What did we end up calling him? Golden. <clears throat> he was whale tail. A golden whale. Golden whale. Because he had, he had giant a beautiful whale in.
3: tail. Hmm. Um, yeah. But just there was thirteen or fourteen new bulls. New bulls. New bulls in that canyon. We averaged eleven new bulls a day in that canyon. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Bulls. I mean, we saw the one. I think we saw a total of three cows throughout the duration.
2: Weird. i had my tens on my tripod him and i were just on money and we're just i'm going hey good bowl looks looks like a good bowl and then he's on the spotter just figuring out if it's a shooter yeah. bowl and just going boom boom and all morning long it's like hey nate have you checked this one yet all right check that one real quick and then we're just talking the whole time and we turn up what an hour in we turn turn up the, yeah, the shooter bowl
3: so the shooter bowl uh we at this point we haven't figured out exactly where we can shoot from or where we can make an attack or anything like that. And he's across the draw from us, uh, up up on his side of the ridge towards the top end. And he's just feeding. They're all just feeding along there. And the, these guys weren't all fired up like they were the night before. So we, f- the only thing we can do to cut distance, which we needed to do, was drop in elevation. But in a thick burn like that, you do that, you're hosed. So we cut we dropped as far as we could to cut distance we still couldn't get as close as we wanted. But by that time we couldn't, he finally fed just over the rise from us. Mm-hmm. So the only way to see him is to go back up. He fed over the top and he stayed put in there all day. And we finally devised a plan to, uh, run up behind camp. We didn't really have a plan. We just want to see what it looked like. So we left, I think we came back, we did camp chores, got water, all yep. that stuff. Uh, Porter and I went up behind camp just to check off the backside, see what we could see, and that's where we ran into the bulls from the night before. And <clears throat> we didn't see much when we were over there. We ended up coming back to camp to run up because Scotty went back up to Scotty's knob. <laughs> uh, and as we're getting three-quarters of the way back up to Scotty's knob that first afternoon, you can see Scotty just doing this. So I hauled ass up to the top, and he goes, he's back. I went, Really? He goes, yeah, and he says he's by himself, so I got on the spotter and verified it was him, and he was in a beautiful little spot, such a lovely place, and it was, he was on the same ridge, same area he was that morning, but he was just off the top, by himself, completely alone, and we didn't see any of the other bulls that day, uh, they were probably still on the other side, but he was just hanging out in that little pocket, feeding, and we had, it was 4.30, we had about an hour left, and Scotty, we thought well if we run all the way around and get on his side there's a little rock pile right there and we might have a chance uh we don't know what it looks like over there but that's our only play and uh we talked about
2: it we said you think we can get over there in an hour i said hell yeah we can get over there in an hour so this we- is after just being so we left camp at two took our time at 3 30 got up to that rock cropping mm-hmm. couldn't see anything came all the way back to scotty's knob so now it's 4:30 and then it's basically like right back where we were exact and a little further in. Huh. So it was like the most it was a giant loop but we went we we hauled.
3: We yeah. I think we made it just under an hour. And we got to the rock pile and I knew we were within a couple hundred yards of him. So we dropped our packs right there cuz I figured this was going to be super up close and personal and we peeked our head over the rock pile, and there's just enough of a wave in that hillside to where he wasn't in that first pocket. He was in the second one. And so, which sucks because now we got to get closer, and we're already close. It's dead quiet, not a mm. breath of wind, nothing. So, we snuck our way over to that next little rise, and we're all just kind of slowly looking and peeking. And it's the thickest lodgepole stuff I've ever seen. And I figured in my head, I'm like, okay. Chances are he's going to see us, hear us, or smell us, and he's gone. I mean, that 90 10, right? And I'm thinking, there's a small chance that we see him first. And I just took a couple steps and I stopped and I looked and I saw about a 12 inch by 12 inch patch of hair. And I went, oh my God, I found him. And then I took about a six inch step to my right and that opened up the lane. And so I told Porter, I'm like, he's right here, dude. And so he he couldn't see him because he's standing right here. And I put him right in front of me, and that's, that's the lane you got. And, uh, yeah, we'll take it from here.
2: So this is the first stock we've done. This is the first time I've ever hunted in the timber, right? I'm not an archery guy. Like This is the first time I've been in the timber. I'm used to rifle. You're a little farther <laughs> away, and you can see. Yep. First time I've ever hunted in the timber, and I'm like, and he's right. Like you can't see him if you're here. You can see him if you're here. I mean, six inches of moving your head and you see him. And I'm like, so I got him in the binos, and I'm like, Jesus. So in my head, it's day one. This is the bull we want for sure. I love this bull, man. This this even same story kind of haunts me. And I go up with my rifle scope, and there is literally. So it's 142 yards. It's a tree. His body in a tree. In the scope which i've never seen before in my life I oh my god all right so in my head so in his head he's thinking of smarter things than me in my head i'm thinking don't f this up yeah. it's day one you have a for sure shooter bull by far the best bull you've turned up don't f this up and it's like five o'clock we have like an hour of daylight we, we are good maybe five fifteen. i mean there's plenty of daylight mm-hmm. so it's like take your time and i'm not thinking of wind which is my big mistake
1: so I'm that's, like that's a rifle that's a rifle guy though. That's a, yeah, it's It's not like it's not top of mind, but when you're an archery guy and you're hunting in those yep. waves, like you guys are saying, that's a little bit of topography. topography. Just takes a little bit of scent to find that bottom and yep. then kind of feed the saddle right to him. It's like that wind is just gonna kinda of shift and then hit that saddle and go right it's to him. It's a huge learning for you. Yeah.
2: So then I go up and I got my rifle. Of course, rifle guy, you're north north you're normally like prone, you know, got your you know, really stable, and you take your time in your shot because once you let one off, and if it's not a good shot, that's mm-hmm. a problem, and you might not ever get another shot, right? So it's like slower and methodical. So I go up this on a tree, and I'm like, "This is doable, but not ideal." You're
0: leaning against the tree, like I'm the against rifle the tree. against it? Yeah, yeah.
2: Standing, standing up. Yep. So I'm like, not horrible, but I can do better. Don't screw this up. I love and and I'm,
3: I'm doing th- this. I'm <laughs> expecting him to shoot. You know,
2: five yards of, uh, ahead. There's this nice like flat rock so I'm like oh I'm just going to go right there I'm going to set my gun down and get prone right I go do that I set it up I get him in the thing and he's like he's up I'm like what do you mean he's up like I'm just getting set up and you got you to gotta, it takes a second to turn him back up in the timber and he's going he's up he's up so then I stand up I get him in the, in the scope for a split second and he darts I'm like what the heck just happened he was bedded but by, by the way, we didn't even say this. He was bedded and he was facing away. Oh my gosh, perfect scenario. I mean, that's exactly that the whole time I'm like, perfect you think, scenario. You think time, yeah. Day one, slow the F down, Chris. And don't you don't have up. to force it. Stay
1: bedded looking away.
2: Best bowl. Don't screw this up. And and I'm like, what just happened? He's like, he winded us. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot. The whole time I forgot we're only 142 yards away. And And the trippy part too is he was standing
3: almost the entire time when he was trying to get in position. But I couldn't, I didn't have a way to tell him that because we're so close. I can't say, hey, he's up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get his attention. And of course, you know, not being able to make any sounds and he's not looking at me. I look like an idiot up there. But, (laughs) anyways, I finally got his attention. I'm like, dude, he's. He's up, uh, and, and the bitching part was, he was laying with a kill shot because everything that we could see of him laying down, killable. Ooh. When he stood, he stood perfectly, and that entire front shoulder was in that same window. But I just I couldn't get away. I couldn't have a way to tell him soon enough, you know. But uh, yeah, it was. Both of us were after that, watching him whirl around. With him.
0: And This was Golden oh. Royal.
2: We call Golden Whale. Golden, Golden Whale, whale a giant, giant back end. His back end, ninety degrees, just spread. Mm. Yeah.
4: Was, and and 30. up
2: close, we did I don't know how good a footage little Nate got, but like, giant front end, thick bull. I mean, just a real old stud bull. Yeah. Like just a just a big old body. Is the bull
0: in snow, so he's really easy to see. Yeah. Um,
3: that face, that particular face, was uh the whatever not the leeward side that has to do with wind um <laughs> but it's the non-sunny side whatever north facing yeah okay yeah
0: i mean i mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, I mean those, the sun's setting in the west that? so it could be an east facing slope that's what i'm kind of thinking say, too. i think we
3: were more facing east northeast yeah but yes yeah, it was a shady west. side yeah
0: put it that way yeah probably
3: yeah,
2: yeah. it was where they all like east bad, northeast the whole, yeah the whole week but, we ended up seeing them but
3: yeah, everything, what was goofy about the night before is all them bulls were sitting there screaming and fighting. And, you know, yeah. it lo- you could tell just obviously with that one cow and no other cow in sight, they were definitely coming off the rut. But the way that this dude acted all day was pure, like, he was done. Like, mm. rut's done, he goes, I'm heading into my little, my little hole by himself, just doing old post-rut bull things. And Super
2: then, late season bull <laughs> acting, like. Solo, we saw a couple that way all the big bulls were that way like just v- acted so different than the other one the other one's like the teenagers
0: so i want to spend a little more time on this so who world and then gone
2: so yeah and then we go up to the little ridge it's so thick it's like yeah. good luck we you and can then you could see patches
3: going away but he and he, he didn't take off in a full blown sprint but just the I was telling him and Scotty, uh, just the way that he acted that day and the way that he came back and chilled out by himself, I said, we won't see him again.
0: So what, what kind of then, like, learnings or takeaways did you have from that encounter? Did you then think, like, could you have taken the shot, standing up earlier before you crawled in? Did you like, know he was...
2: That, that we talked about it the whole week. Well, first of all, I was the lowest of the low. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. For that and week. There depressing yeah you're deflated i was oh walking back to camp what was it, two miles back to camp that was just sh- a just a depressing walk back to camp i was just that was the lowest point of the hunt i was so mad at myself screwing that up it was like the perfect layup it is so hard to spot them in the timber that close he he picked him up which is hard enough and then mm. so yeah it was first was depressed and then it was like okay how do i learn from that and we talked about it the rest of the week. Like, if that this encounter had happened on day two, day three, day four, just after a couple times in the timber, yeah, dead, dead bull, one hundred percent. It's a it's one hundred forty two yards. I don't need to be down prone. It's one hundred forty two yards with a rifle, as you know. We practice all the time mm-hmm. from really long distances. To, I mean, that's a chip shot. Yeah, I don't need to be laying down. I don't need to be prone. I can be up against the tea tree and just smack him. And the way he was bedded even makes it worse, like pure vitals. Like you get one in and he's not. Yeah, it Yeah, shot he's, placement
3: wasn't a thing was, with that shot. It was, was stunned. Yeah. It you, helped 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 felt comfortable,
2: yeah, too, you with either the either tree or vital, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. one yeah. of the two. So I would absolutely have acted way faster, not taking my time, of course. Hindsight is 20-20, but 100%, big learning, timber, I mean, after a couple of days in the timber, you get the hang of it. Like it's like that was my first thing, like first experience in the timber. So it was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? And again, you go up with the rifle scope and you have tree, brown hair, tree. You're like, that's not a view you normally.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think of it too as like what are the ways we could practice in the off season to make that more comfortable of a situation for you. Like, have you ever tried to put a rifle against a tree and take a shot before?
2: Standing up. as We were talking with Scott the other day. Like, standing up shots. I'm going to practice this offseason. Up against a pole at the range. I'm yeah. going to practice. Like, all that stuff, I'm going to practice. That was, mm-hmm. that was for sure a huge learning.
3: You know what I was thinking about when we were talking about? Because to me, that's almost second nature. and But I've been in that scenario numerous times. But I think, like myself personally, like as kids... I'm used to quick reaction, or I'm used to either a thinking outside the box, but uh, it's coyotes or rabbits or squirrels, something where it's fast, you know, yeah. um, and you have to take unorthodox shots. And obviously, with coyotes and rabbits and stuff like that, you don't care. Yeah. So I mean, if you whiff one, who cares? Um, but doing it enough, especially growing up for so long, it's to me it's not that big a you know big of a deal, but somebody that's never had to play that game before. Yeah, it's completely new. Mm-hmm. So in my head, as this is all going down, in my head I'm like, just shoot, shoot, shoot. And we talked about it afterwards. And he's like, dude, he goes, if you're thinking it, just say it. And I went, okay, cool. <laughs> right. So, yeah,
1: oh. that's a, the the other side of that too is it's amazing how easily and quickly being laxadaisical can like oh. can affect something. Like you you just you got a little bit. It was perfect setup, right? Yeah. So you let yourself get a little, like you just drop the kill mode just enough to like, oh, no, no, no. Let me think this through. So you're kind of like, you drop the kill mode. Instead of keeping it as you're making your way to that rock.
2: Well, I've made mistakes the polar opposite where you rush it or you you don't chill out with your breathing. Like the, the deer's not going anywhere. You have a full minute or two to get the shot off. Don't rush. It. Yeah. Right, so I've made mistakes that way. So this yeah. way, you know, it's the opposite. Mm. I need to be in absolute. Yeah, the kill perfect
1: mode. scenario can make you lack today's goal. You're just like, oh, I just let me over the. Uh, ana- what is it? What Analys. does trail say? Paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, no, you, you still got to keep that kill
2: mode. In. Oh yeah. God! And it's the it was the biggest bull we saw all week, which is like the biggest stinger. It's like, can't that be day three? You know, never, no. we never, we never, no, we never <laughs> saw that bull again. Of course, that bull hadn't been disturbed. And now, looking back, we know we bumped him to a different canyon. He he was smart. He was in smart bull mode. He was not in rut mode, and he was like, "I don't know what that is. I haven't seen something like that in probably a couple of years." I mean, no one had been up there hunting. Mm-hmm. We had the place to ourselves. Oh, stings, man! Still stings.
0: Yeah, it was a bummer. This is the worst hikes back to camp.
1: That night, did you? That night, you had to have been a little bit like juiced up, though, knowing that you saw. A great, not even a good bull. A great bull.
2: No, I was very depressed.
1: Really? That night you saw bulls.
2: Well, we had enjoyed. Yeah, because Friday night and then pretty much all day Saturday until the very end, we were on cloud nine. We were we were in action. So yeah, it was a high. You know me though. I am a little bit of a roller coaster at times. Like, that was just a real low. <laughs> that was a swing. <laughs> yeah. What you, a- listen, Everybody's really chuckling on that one. <laughs> yeah, we just know you. Um, no, I was, I was, I was pretty, pretty damn down. Now next morning it was like, game on, let's go. And I'm freaking, I'm gonna learn from that and, and go. So, I mean, yeah. we were back in kill mode the first thing next morning. But that night was sucked.
3: The thing that had us going too was, in my head, I figured we're not gonna see him again. But that's two days in a row on the same knob with new bulls. So that was, mm-hmm. that was the driving factor of, all right, we're not out of it. We might not see him, but we're not out. So,
2: And I've had plenty of hunts where you bump them and you see him again. So I was a slightly more optimistic. I mean, late season. I mean, he was a hunt, ended up, of course, being right. But I've seen you've, – you've, we've oh, all yeah. had it where you bump something hard and you turn him up mm-hmm. again. Maybe a different part of the canyon or whatever. So I hadn't lost complete hope, but yeah, no, we never saw him again. But then, so day the morning of day two, it's like the same thing. Same thing. New bulls. New bulls again. again. New bulls. Was that was day two? Day two was a beam bull, right? Day two was a beam bull. Beam bull. Uh,
3: it's
2: like oh,
3: this similar score wise, just beautiful. Longer beams, just longer, kind of everywhere. Didn't have didn't have the flat the flash of Mister Goldie, but uh, beautiful bull. And he, no kidding, did the same thing that the whale did, bedded in the same spot. So we thought, well, we know this playbook.
2: Well, we first, we first were up there, and it's pretty, pretty much the same hillside,
4: mm-hmm.
2: about 45 minutes in daylight. It was like deja vu. And it was like, it was like Nate, I think I got our bull. And, and for a second, we're like, we got him because it's just big bull. He's just way bigger than the other bulls, right? And he's like, wait, this one's different. Shooter ball, but different, right? And Mm -hmm. he's like, we called him Mr. Bean Ball. He's just real long and and big old main beams and not as heavy and uh, might have scored bigger, but just different looking. Different. And then, yeah, so this is like deja vu, right? Yeah. Well, let's go do it again.
1: (laughs) My gosh.
2: That's a good spot to be in.
1: It
3: was (laughs) the weirdest place. Like, I've never been in a pocket like that where, you know, you get something new every day and, yeah. So anyways, uh, we put a play on him did the same thing, Ugh. Uh, but he fed down. He got up, and he fed down underneath us, which screwed us, because mm-hmm. now we can't see. Yeah. So we pulled out. As we're pulling out, there was uh, two mule deer does hanging out in that basin. Love them. And I got some story about those. <laughs> Love them. <clears throat> I do, too, but these two in particular were real a-holes. Oh,
0: no, they were the opposite. Yes. Mm.
3: Uh, these two um I, we didn't see him scotty saw all of this but we yeah, apparently- so, so hold
2: on just so they know like we every every bull we had seen was feeding down towards water in the evening and up away from the water in the mornings right so we see him on the same hillside we're thinking he's going to bed up in that stuff we didn't want to wait till the evening to go into stock we're ready for some action mm-hmm. so we go hike again the same route so now this is like the third or fourth time we've done this loop and it's only like day two of the hunt Loop up on there, we're thinking same thing that's gonna happen last night, not screwing this one up. I that kill mode. Yeah, that stock, buddy. <laughs> kill mode the whole way. Gee, focused as heck. And we get over there and we're like, we don't turn them up, go back to back to the knob, and Scotty's like, and that's when Scotty said.
3: Yeah, he, he fed down and he bedded on the water underneath us, and we at at some point we didn't see it, he had kicked up two mule deer does. And they went running down right next to him jumped him up and he hauled butt mm. out of the canyon
2: and if they didn't do that there's a decent Uh-oh. chance we could have shot him from the knob because they he went to the bottom of the canyon we might have been able to turn him up if not we could have definitely put a play on him so that we, we were killing him that night mm-hmm. like he bet in a good spot actually he actually really did but then bumped out of that spot yep never saw
3: him again what was the evening of day two Some scragglers fed over, but we never did anything with them. Um, Gosh.
2: That was another high to low. That's that day two morning, we're like, we got this. Time time to make up. Yeah, this is, we are on this. And then it's like, what the heck? And then we're still pretty high going in the evening because we're thinking we're going to turn him up again. And then we didn't turn him up. And then the second evening was like. Just a bunch of rags. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: So what's Scotty doing? during the day.
3: He's on
2: Scotty's knob. On that He's knob. On the, so why is his knob?
0: Yeah.
3: On that knob. The next morning, anyone want to take a guess?
1: New Bulls. New Bulls. <laughs> New Bulls.
3: And that's where Jeffrey came into play. Jeffrey? I don't know oh. where he got that name from, but he was a real you-know-what. Yeah, that's, that's why just, we called him Jeffrey. Yeah,
2: he just deserved it. Um Most people named Jeffrey are...
3: I don't know. All all them bulls...
2: (laughs) Probably uh, some Jeffries out there.
3: All them bulls were doing the same thing. They were coming from the same direction, through the same saddle, feeding into the same basin. Everything was weird. So, anyways, new group of bulls. And we must have picked through those bulls for at least 45 minutes before we realized that he was in them. Oh, yeah. And he was... uh, just same caliber as the two bulls we previously were interested in. A mm-hmm. uh, little different than both of them, but just same caliber. But he had kind of a persona about him, you know. He was just fighting them other dudes, and just continued to fight with those other guys. And was
2: just kind of a jerk, you know. He kick him out of their bed. Yeah, and then wouldn't even sit in their bed. He would just go kick the bulls he'd kick out of the out bed. He kick him out of the
3: bed, and then he would go over and make his own bed. you know, <laughs> oh, just, to do it, you know? <laughs> just kind of one of them. Yeah. So then, you know, uh, he ended up feeding down into the basin, down towards the water. So when we seen him do that, we thought, okay, we're going to sit on him. If we can shoot from this knob, we're going to sit on him. And if he does uh, like some of the other bulls, because that's right, the night before, those other bulls fed up underneath us through the saddle. So we figured these guys are doing the same thing the bulls from the night before did. If they do, they're going to come right to us. And that was cool because from that knob, all that did was obviously cut distance but it got a lot more open from Mm -hmm. the water to us so we might have had a window um so yeah our plan that day was just sit on him and wait for him to get closer and if he gave us a window we're gonna take a shot
2: we almost forced a couple long bombs remember we got the rifle set up like 10 a.m before he fully was bedded
3: i sat on that dude for 12 hours
2: oh god oh but then we were like he's gonna bed and he's gonna feed closer so Mm -hmm. let's not take the long shot
3: And And when
2: yeah, and then he gets, gets, then he gets. So all day, yeah, he beds there from what ten a.m. to like three p.m. So we're up on this knob. At this point, the weather's changed. It's pretty damn hot. Hmm. We run out of food. We run out of water. You know how it is when you get you get worn out. It's like you're looking at the clock. You're like, it's only two. At Mm ten
3: thousand plus two, that sun beats on you. Yeah,
2: we're getting baked. Um, he finally stands up. I got the rifle set up all day, on this perfect. Remember that there was like a rock, which yeah. was like the rest. It was like, to money confidence through the roof. Yeah. Now on day three, we're looking for some action. And you your, know we've gotten really close.
3: Your gun too. Remember we had to Jimmy rig your, uh, your comb.
2: This, Uh-oh. this. Uh-oh. I forgot what is that. this? This was a learning moment. What is this? We also talk about talk about contacts. So we, this was a learning moment for sure. They. Um, What's that called? The um, comb, cheek piece. Mm-hmm. Cheek piece. At some point, the bolt had popped off, so it went all the way down.
0: Oh, the, the knob on the cheek piece came yeah. loose?
2: So so normally uh, like I have a space like that. Yeah. It's it's flush. So I get, for this practice shot on this day three on this knob, I'm trying to get comfortable with scope, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I look down. There's no bolt, and the things went down. So we're like, oh, shit, what do we do? No one had a bolt or anything like that. So we start, I'm putting, like, my Leatherman in it. I'm putting a bunch of sticks in it trying to get this cheap. It's, like, it's actually super uncomfortable to shoot. I mean, think about it. It's, like, yeah. your eye's going to be, you got to, like, go like that. So it's actually pretty cheap. So we, Jimmy rigged a bunch of sticks in it, sticks. right? Sticks.
3: Yeah. You have some sticks in there to keep it raised? That sucked.
2: I don't know if I'll bring an extra bolt or what, but I will think about that. Again, yeah, so, was... so
0: basically, you're taking like sticks and put them horizontal down the length of the stock in that spacer to take up the spacer space, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just yeah, if that's screw completely came out,
2: yeah, yeah, it popped off,
0: pop off, and is out there somewhere, yeah, it's, it's an artifact. Now, that
2: was that was shitty. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, that does that hurts. because, okay. like, hey, you can't just lay down on those stocks without it being in that same spot, it was because you have 20 MOA rail and you have a big scope on there,
2: totally. Thank you. That little bolt ended up. Being a big deal. Yeah, just wish there was a Home Depot close by.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We were looking at our tripods thinking, okay, can we – are any of these going to fit? Can we spare a a bolt from somewhere? Yeah, we couldn't find one. So sticks worked or worked enough to at least, you know, change the head. That Oh, we're good now. Um, But, no, we got set up and ready, and then it was a waiting game, a long waiting game. And then he'd move and he'd bed, and then, you know, you'd sit there and you'd lose him in the thick stuff that he bedded, and then, you know, it was – Battle all day. Finally gets up. And the rest of them guys, when Nate they... Nate was on the
2: spotter, so I did interrupt. All day. Props to, to Big Nate over here. Like, literally... I didn't want to lose this bull. Just, yeah, was just all, all day. Is <laughs> he one eye or did he get the BTX? No, he had one eye. He's just oh. sitting there like this on the knob. It was real rocky knob, so your butts are hurting. I mean, it was I mean, I got
3: up and stretched a little bit, but I didn't, you know, fiddle fart around. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He got up. The, the Those other bulls... Uh, previously took a lot of time to move from the water through us, mostly afternoon. This guy's not getting up, and he didn't get up until 3.30 or closer to 4 because when he got up, they all beelined it. And so they're moving. So I finally got Porter, and I said, dude, they're moving. We need to get on him and, and at least track him. We need to be ready for if he stops. And that's another scenario, too, I don't think that you've been privy he, to before.
2: He got up, uh, yeah, he got up at, like, 900 yards, and he's feeding, well, started off slow. Started off slow. Then Slow, he was slow, and all the bulls were slow. They're all just enjoying, and he's going 900, 850. So I'm, like, got the rifle set up, I'm on my knees, I'm, like, ranging. We're, we are pretty confident right now there is a shot that's about to get
4: mm-hmm.
2: slung. And then about... 750, the pace starts getting very fast out of nowhere.
3: Oh, they start moving quicker. Real quick. And he's not alone, and they keep changing spots, and it's just, yeah. So finally, we we realize that we need to be on the gun, and we need to be following these guys. But now it's that time of day where the sun is right there. Hmm. We are facing dead west, and he... Jumped down in the gun. He couldn't see anything. And I'm still in the mode of, like, these guys are not giving us time. Get in the gun because we need to make it work one way or another or we're screwed. So I told Scotty, I said, Scott, you got him? He says, yep. So I jumped down, did the old, you know, take your hat off kind of thing. And you were able to see. Not great, but, I mean, you were able to see. But It
2: it was the, the distance. It took from 900 yards or 950 when they stood up to 7:50 was like an hour and then from 7:50 to like 500 was literally 5 minutes yeah yeah when and,
1: they want to cover country they'll holy they'll cover cow. It. their yeah. pace when they is completely
2: change so then so then it's like we're 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 on the gun we're go time we're on the gun at like 6:50 but then there's the sun issue and then so from 60 to 500 it's it's panic because so then he's got i mean he was awesome he's got the sun or the hat out there to try to block the block the sun, I could make out like hide. I mean, have you ever looked through a scope like yeah, sun wash scope?
1: Yeah, the sun wash is oh terrible. Oh my gosh, it yellows it is everything out insane. and it's insane. Yeah.
2: So I could make out a body, but I don't know. There's five bulls. Yeah, and you can't. You don't know what bull, and there are a couple of them are dinks. Like, like I don't know what bull's in the scope, and they're moving like this, and so I'm like, the sun's going like this. So then it's like, dude, just five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. And so it's like this, five more minutes. And then sun finally goes down, and they're in the thick stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: They, they came in right underneath and it's us. it's like, are you
2: kidding me? We've been up here all day getting sunburned. I, in my head, it was like, we didn't really talk about it, but in my head it was like 99% there is something getting shot tonight off this knob. Gosh. Like we have these bowls. There was a couple others we probably would have shot too. Like There's lead getting flung. Right? Like it's like we're 100% in kill mode all day, just sitting there. And then it all just turned south so fast at the, at the oh
3: very God. fast. And I was in the same boat. I figured I was confident lead was going downrange at a fast pace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but once I got underneath us, now we're on the clock for uh, the sun, right? We only got X percent. dark. Of day, right? yeah. yeah. So the only thing I could think of was the bulls the night before came across the saddle. So these guys are going to do the same. They're either going to come across the saddle or go right through camp again. So there was a knob below us. And I said, let's hightail it down to the knob and maybe we can see down in there. We get down to the knob. We can see uh, three or four of the bulls in the group, but we couldn't see him. And then all of a sudden they start fighting down there. Well, we can see all the other bulls and they're not fighting. So it's got to be Jeffrey and this other guy fighting. And now we're down to minutes, and we're a couple hundred yards from them. So I told Porter, I said, screw it. I said, let's go right at them. They can't hear us. I said, and there wasn't much wind to speak of, but I figured it's their only shot. Yeah. We, you know, so him and I went right down at them, and we got to <laughs> probably 200 yards or closer, and everything went silent. They quit fighting. And I look over to my left, and one of them other bulls has us pegged, and I went, oh, no. And so I whistled at him or I snapped at him, and I told him. He stopped, and we, him and I got together so we could talk. And I saw Jeffrey. I saw his butt down there about 1.30, and then I saw another bull over here that was looking right at us. I'm going, dude, we're screwed because now it's a waiting game, and we will lose this battle all day long. And sure enough, the sun literally went down on us. Nobody moved. We didn't move. They didn't move. We only had Jeffrey's butt to shoot at. So, and the gun
2: is on the tree. So we have, at this point, we have learned some lessons, right? So the yeah. gun, I'm like, on the gun, he's talking to me. I got one, like, waiting for Jeffrey to just move into this opening, right? Like the, the two had gone past the opening. My gun's like, here, Jeffrey just goes to the, follows the other two. He's dead at a door now. So I'm just like this. Oh.
3: <laughs> and everybody froze. And I'm like, oh. So three days in a row of, this,
2: right? About
1: as close as it could ever
2: be. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, from the low knob to go get our stuff, because we were in kill mode. We had, we had no packs or anything. or
3: No packs, no lights, no headlamps. Yeah. No no,
2: yeah. So that little hike, it was like, whatever, 20 or 30 minutes. But that, from the little knob back up to the big knob that we were on all day, that was probably equal low. And of course, <laughs> that might have been lower than day one, because we had been, you know, when you're on a yeah. knob all day, yeah, well, and yeah. then it doesn't happen... At all, that, you, like you think it's going to happen that night, it is mm. the worst.
3: And, of course, when you start on one knob and then you end all the way down here and you have multiple stops in between, there's shit scattered all the way up. Oh, the hill. Yeah. Yard, yeah. Sale. yard
1: sale. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, put the was... sun ring on your scope.
0: Yeah. You don't know, have a sunshade?
2: Uh, no, just a cap.
0: Oh, yeah, Need a sunshade. Put that on there. I was. That's what one of the reasons why I always have one.
2: Yeah. It's another learning. That and the bolt thing were big learnings on that. Hmm. God. I practice a lot on those longer distances. Like I would have. I mean, I had a rock as a backrest. Yeah, grass. you had a good rest, You had
0: everything. You really get comfortable and all comfortable. day. I'm
2: like looking at it. I mean, I am like. I was like playing around in the scope all day up mm. there, like getting used to certain things, and then. I don't know why i didn't think of the sun but like it, you couldn't have been more direct yeah like it's hard it's literally the only like knob it's you setting have. like this and you, the hillsides i mean it couldn't have been more direct i didn't think sun. about
3: it either until he found another gear and decided to cover ground and that's what i'm like because we even talked about it We're like it's all right sun will go d- you know sun will go down no big deal and then he shifted gears and i'm like yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs>
2: Yeah, if he just maintains his pace, yeah. sun goes down, he's at six hundred, and he's going to five hundred. We still got plenty of daylight, and I mean, he's just smoked. Yep. He could have got to four hundred <clears throat> before it got too thick. He From went, that four he to five hundred, with the rock as the rest and practiced all day. I mean, yeah, just done. So I mean,
3: day, that was low. That was that night. Was, that was three days of getting kicked in the. You know what? We
2: were so
1: kicked in the dick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> day four. Day four was the first day we saw new bull, oh, the same bulls. We also saw new bulls.
0: Mm.
3: <clears throat> we went back to Scotty's Knob.
0: Do you have a name for these bulls again? This no. Individual? So
3: far, yeah, because the others just didn't meet the caliber. Mm. Um, and uh, they were just little dinker do's. Um, there was a couple, I mean, throughout the week, there was a couple 300 bulls. There was a couple sub sub 306 points and then there was your dinkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, so new bulls, and it was, I think you found him. So when we left Jeffrey the night before, you know, we all waited till dark, and they went their way, we went our way. They went through camp and up behind camp and bedded in the timber behind camp. So the next morning, he found them just off uh, on the open face uh, above camp. And he was with his same group of bulls. I'm like, you little bastard, you know? Because where he's at, good luck. Um, <clears throat> and the younger, smaller bulls did their thing in the basin, kind of the same routine as the two previous days. So at this point, we thought, well, what do we got to lose now? Uh, We're
2: definitely in kill mode, definitely aggressive mode. Yeah. Bars but- softened a little bit, right? It's day four. Mm-hmm the five-day hunts man are i love them and hate him at the same time like it's it's tough jeffrey I mean, worked this if this is a nine-day hunt it's so different yeah i mean you have to, you have to be in action every day you're running out of time but
3: jeffrey ended up working around a rock pile that we had been to before and it kind of gave us we hadn't actually we did sit on that rock pile once before so we knew we could see a little He worked around it and he bedded in some thick stuff, passed it, so we thought we might have a shot if we can get to that rock pile up there and maybe see whatever, but we gotta do something. So that was the plan. And as we worked up to that rock pile, uh, that smaller group of bulls went right up to the rock pile, right underneath us. And even at that rock pile, you've got 80 yards, max so at 80 yards there's pieces of bulls everywhere underneath us and we knew there was a couple six points and at this point standards might have dropped a smidge and i think it might have been a little frustration where he wanted to kill something (laughs) and we all kind of did at this point like you know jeffrey kind of pissed us off a little bit so i mean yeah i was all on board for something dying Um, but the only thing that we had a shot on, uh, was a little, uh, spike that was laying down because they all fed, they all came up to us and then fed right underneath us. And he was going to, he was going to kill something in this group. So he said, find one of the six points. So me and the camera guy, we don't have much room to work up there. And so of course we're so close. We're trying to find something. And I caught, a, I caught a royal, a fifth, and a sixth. And I go, I got one. <laughs> he goes, is he, a, is, he a, is he a good six point? I said, well, one side is a six point. That's all I know. He goes, okay, we got him on him. So he's laying down on the gun and on him, and I've got his front shoulder and his neck and the back end of one of his tines. So we've got a kill shot. And he goes, is he a six on both sides? And I said, I don't know. And we sat there for 10 minutes. Finally, he turned his head, and I said, well, he's broke after the royal on his other side. He, go, he goes, you sure? And I said, yeah. And there was actually a moment where <laughs> he was going to kill him before I told him that. And he goes, okay, I'm going to kill this bull, and I'm trying to talk him out of it real hard because he's not that great of a bull. Mm-hmm. And he finally turns to me, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, We've had this in our heads all week, and I know what you've killed before. I know you're upset and you want to kill something. We all are, but there's a high possibility you're going to walk up on this bull and, you know, maybe not be very thrilled. And he's like, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I said, plus he's busted behind his royal on the other side. He goes, okay, I'm not shooting. Then he gets off the
2: gun. (laughs) That was still a fun encounter. Like that, that was by far where we were most dialed, because. Was Jeffrey in that though? He was no, no he, he was, was not in that. He was in a different group. That, oh. but we couldn't really move because there was there was like fifteen oh, yeah, bulls below yeah. us. So now we're like gotcha. surrounded by like younger bulls. Gotcha. We can't really get to Jeffrey without blowing out the whole canyon, and we'd already been in the canyon a bit. So it was, it was like the, we were pinned down, but we're up on this rock pile. 80 yards, and you can barely make you're Like, you're in your binos at 80 yards. Like a bull elk, you should be seeing with the naked eye, yeah. right? But it's Bet so you guys thick. didn't have the SIG stabilized binos, did you? We, oh, we, we, no, we, no, I didn't. Because did you not. would
1: have picked up everything immediately.
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> in, telling you, you would have. And stuff like that. Yeah, it's that. true. But the three of us are finally, right? It's day four. We have gone in some stocks now. We finally figured out this timber shit. Yeah. And we're like, all right, I got a young one there. I got, th-. you know, we're like, like, there's three of us. Like this but we're all seeing different things by just being six inches away from each other talking being super quiet watching the wind like it felt like a very productive situation very like we knew what was up and yeah I have like this perfect little window in my bowl in my scope I got the raghorn again I'm looking at the one the six point behind the raghorn but I mean at this point I just want I didn't want to shoot like a young bull like I wasn't being like crazy picky, but I didn't want to shoot some like young bull, right? You know, <clears throat> old broken, unique bull or something like that I was dead. But I just I didn't want to shoot something like real young and yeah, four year old, five year old, six point like mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah, four year old and and you know, part of like you know if you that's you eat more tags if you do that, but that's just like it is what that's it what is. It goes. And like, and we're seeing it's day four. I still have the evening and day five. And we're ha- we have basically at this point every hunt, every morning and evening, we're pretty much like in some action. We're actually having a lot of fun. A lot of ups and downs at this point. That but many
3: like, bowls every day mm-hmm. and just with new scenario. That
2: was incredible. But yeah, that's the setup was so perfect, like in the scope, perfect. I mean, I mean, just so dead it wasn't even funny. And yeah, I'm telling them, I have one in the chamber, safety off, right? Like it was yeah.
0: <laughs> you, were, you were dang close oh, God. to pressing that trigger.
2: Yeah, oh. he, yeah. He, even told us we, he even
3: told us he was shooting. And me and the camera guy were like, wait, no. Like, <laughs> <Whew>. Hang on. <laughs> so we also knew we still had Jeffrey about 300 yards this way. And in my head, I'm thinking, we've got to try them because we know all those bulls are way better than everything we've got sitting here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we back off. We, we actually got around those bulls without spooking them, which was cool. And we know we're close, uh, but we're not quite sure how close. And I think we're just slowly working off the edge, playing the game of please God find them before they find us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I think you heard it too. Uh, we heard sticks break or something like that, and we both just froze. And I looked over almost directly to the side of us, and I can't see anything, and I throw out my binoculars, and there he is. And all I can see is from the base of his neck up to his head and his fronts. He had distinct fronts, so I knew exactly who he was. And I told Porter, I said, right there, shoot him. And
1: this... How close were you?
2: 80, (laughs) 85,
3: You guys are in tight. That's, that that's how thick
2: this is and yeah. it's, it's a weird you know
3: like it's a timber weird thing being I'm like that's him put it on his neck and kill him and he pulls out his binoculars to look and I don't know if this is a trust thing or not could be but he pulled out his binoculars to look and he saw him and he put his binoculars back in and I love these bino harnesses but this one bit us in the ass and he closed his bino lid.
1: Yeah. And if
0: it's, cold, you, if it's
3: you
1: colder, you, it's louder. Why'd sometimes. you look though?
2: It's it's there's something weird. You gotta get used to it. I mean, I just, just just like not knowing you're you have you can see all your you're shooting a, a body. You are it's the body. And there's three or four bulls over there. And at this point I don't remember my memory wasn't as confident that it was Jeffrey. I mean they're definitely the shooter bowls, but there's four bulls over there. We saw him. Is the ones we saw earlier in the morning? It wasn't for sure, Jeffrey. We thought one was Jeffrey, but one was in the window. It was Jeffrey. It, it very well if could it have been. it was
1: distinct fronts, you're 80 yards.
2: Well, I don't. He didn't say.
3: I don't think I told him. He didn't say oh, all that. Oh. I just, he just, I just said, said it was him.
2: He just said shoot. Yeah. And so to go like this and not know what you're shooting is like a weird thing. And but he knew what you were shooting. Well, he said, yeah, he said, shoot. And I mean, I'm talking, we're talking about five seconds, right? We're not talking about like five minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, it was five seconds too long. I should have just, it's just a weird thing, killing something and not knowing what the heck it is. Yeah, I mean. Lesson learned, for sure.
3: That's right. I, I think first time hunting with me, I mean, maybe if somebody's yeah. hunting with forever, you know, if somebody said, you know, hey, that's him, killing, you know, no big deal. But, like I said, I mean. For it wasn't me, a I,
2: trust thing. I didn't, I didn't know. I can, I can see where you're coming from, you know, Yeah. Not, I should, I mean, I definitely should have gone quick.
3: In my head, we knew what those four bulls were regardless, you know. So, to me, it would have been either one of those is going to be a heck of a lot better. So, that's like in my head. I was trying to process it if it were me. Like, yeah, one of those I would have pulled up and shot. This him. one
2: happened way faster. Like, I, I could have, I definitely could have We could probably have popped up shot, shot off for sure. The first day one was... Was one that haunts me more though still yeah for sure i mean this one's like a it's chaos it's i mean chaos. it's 80 yards and jailed like yeah. the first one was none of that but anyway it's it still should have yeah.
4: mm. so I, I, I
2: was trying to get my gun up it was the the Bino harness so it was basically it's like habit of just like because like the habit is like and it's a bad habit so someone when i got a break really frankly it's like the habit is get him in the binos to know like what you're looking at and then go rifle but that's, that's just taking too much time. I should have just gone rifle because it's, like, obviously an optic, too. But Because I didn't see him, right? And so he's a foot over for me. So I'm trying to know what he's looking at.
0: Yeah, you want to make sure you're shooting the right bull, too. Yeah,
2: it was the, it was the snap of the bino harness, the magnet on the bino harness. When and they all busted? Instant. Like?
3: I mean, snap, and then you just heard. And I look back over, and he's gone. I went, oh. <laughs> yeah, Oh, about. boy. Yeah, that was lows, that was lows a again. couple days of up close and personal,
2: and yeah, that was. And we had we passed a bunch of young bulls, like the whole like every day, like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Could have shot a couple off the knob that were young, but yeah, that was that was the third lowest point. That still wasn't as bad as day one or what Jeffrey did to us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That one that one was just like running and going and, I actually still had fun on that stock. I was like, there was a lot of action in that
3: moment. Oh yeah. No, that was, it was, what? What? it was still. The interesting part about this little area was this Canyon or this little basin was all that we had. We tried looking on all sides of it, behind it, everything. Not huntable, hmm. not rifle wise, uh, archery, different story maybe. Yeah. Um, or if they were full rut kind of thing, um, but it was, you either had a shot from the knob, or you're getting right up on him.
1: Were they making any noise, the big bulls? Mm. After,
3: no. After the first night, uh, we heard bugles throughout the next few days. But I mean, onesies and twosies, and most of the time they were from way down canyon. But anything. It wasn't up,
2: enough that you could like triangulate and move in on. Well, the, right, no, right. and ev- and we everything that was vocal was. Pretty dinky. Like, they were young. It was the young teenagers trying to get the leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The big bulls were acting super smart late season. Every mature bull, like, encounter we had, they act. I mean, they spooked, and they are gone. Yeah. They are.
3: Yeah, it was trippy. <sighs> yeah I know. It was
2: a- Oh, God. It's it's such a – and then day f- – I mean, day five.
3: It was the only day we didn't see new bulls. Yeah, day
2: five was the only day we hadn't we seen We saw new really? the same
3: group that was up underneath us uh, the day before, the smaller guys. Um, yeah, we hung it out there for a couple hours that morning and, uh, that was all she wrote.
2: Ouch. Yeah. It was tough. Nothing that night, that whole day, nothing. No, No. that, that, that morning. Go ahead.
3: We had to pull out that day. Fifth day. Yeah. So we pulled out that afternoon.
2: Hunted all into the late morning. Turned, didn't turn up. I mean, we turned up a bunch of teenage boys. You didn't hunt clear to the bitter end? Not that evening. No, we had to pull out. We hunted like... Closer, like some different spots that evening or whatever, as we pulled out. But no, we wanted to pull out. Why? Because, like, you're to, digging into it. To pull up, uh, to, to, I mean, at this point, we've been gone eight days. Yeah. And so, you know, but the, what's a half a day when you've been gone eight days? The wives are blowing you up, office is blowing you up. It's starting to get like we've been gone a long time. And from a logistical standpoint, you have, you have that evening, the evenings weren't nearly as good as the mornings. And then to then be up there that night and then pull out the next morning, you know, with a 12-hour drive. That's tight to do it that day and then stretches into, and then we've been gone 10 days. And that's that's going to be a little painful in the family and shit like that. So I just... I do the and the same. plan was always to pull out day, the evening of day five, pull off the top at least, and go and like relocate just to get closer to, like, logistics. We had to drive home the day after the hunt. That was always the plan. So,
3: My itinerary was planned. (laughs) You don't have a choice.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't regret that much, that part of it too much, because, I mean, I don't regret that much. I mean, we had two to three legit, very legit shots. It was the most fun hunt I've ever had where we didn't punch attack. Like, we had a good... You had opportunities, you were we close,
0: had, saw bulls.
2: Stocks, we, yeah, I mean, we, we had a bunch of different conditions. I mean, we, it was, it was a, we got the full backpack experience, which is what I wanted, and it was definitely a, a lot of mixed emotions, obviously, driving home. Still stings me pretty good.
0: Yeah, burning some points.
2: Yeah, well, and then you chased the, the. that was the other thing, too. We chased really good bulls the first three days, three days in a row I had, legit encounters and all that, and then, I don't know. I mean, Scott wanted – I could tell Scott wanted to see something go down. He didn't care what, but – so I felt bad that we didn't get that part of the experience, but I don't know. I have a weird – like, I don't know. I, if – I don't like just killing to just kill. I want to kill and, like, I don't know. I just, like, I did not want to just kill anything I see. I wanted, I wanted something – mature. That was the goal from the start and I didn't, I didn't want to change off of that. I had mm. plenty of chances and I think between Scott and the our camera guy they they didn't love that. They wanted something.
3: They, both of them wanted death upon. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, hmm. Now Man. that was the most that was the most action I've had in one spot in that short amount of time. Just morning, afternoon, night. I mean it was just weird. It was pretty incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of elk. And bulls. He said you only saw three cows the entire time. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, and remember the mule deer? Yeah, the mule deer. I, the fair species. I got, I'd have to, <laughs> by far, I'd have to find video of this, but I got a video of there was one mule deer doe walking up the hill. Right behind her was a bull walking up. Right, I mean, five foot behind her. Right behind him was the other doe. Those two does lived in there. They were there all the whole time followed by another bull. And they're just walking. The first one would stop and feed. The bull would stop and feed. And I'm like, what the
0: fuck is going on? Well, <laughs> I and mean, I've seen
3: them, like, together, together. but
0: That's kind of interesting. Yeah. They were
3: hanging. Dude, they
0: were
1: chilling.
3: Yeah. That That's
1: cool. why when those does busted, the bull busted, too. Because typically, oh, yeah. I've been on so many hunts where busted doe and the elk don't care. Yeah. yeah. But they obviously were like, it's like busting another elk.
3: <laughs> it was the weirdest thing.
2: Gear check, though. We were, remember we were talking about eyewear going in. Figured out my system. Change my contacts midday when there's daylight and all that. Oh, yeah. Using the camera. Mm-hmm. And then keep the contacts in through the evening, through the morning hunt, and change them midday. You slept in them?
1: Yep. Oh, I can't do that.
2: But if, if they're fresh, like I basically would change them at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. So they're pretty fresh through the evening. And then they didn't bother me at all in the morning, but that was a game changer not having to, never was late to their knob, like, that was a huge thing. My eyes thing. are hurting
1: right now thinking about yeah. that. Now I'm dead serious. We
2: had water filter issues. Two water filters busted. Mm-hmm. Two, two... Rose. I don't want to put them on blast, but we should probably... What were they? Mine was...
3: They were them. Both, both of them? Of them?
1: Mm-hmm. How'd they bust? What was it?
3: I think mine was just plugged. But
2: uh, Scotty's or his broke straight up busted yeah. after one uh, he he got water the very first like the day he was like doing camp chores he filled them up fast and then after that we were using Nate the camera guys which was a um, thing that ended up being awesome it's slow but they were are the,
3: they were the Sawyer squeeze bags that he had yeah. so we'd just fill up one of them squeeze, yeah, squeeze into it our up. stuff yeah. squeeze it and
2: then take forever but whatever yeah. um so I I that had, was I that.
3: Had, uh, drops and tabs and my see so yeah, so you had backups at least backups, which is smart yeah. boots were
2: perfect didn't yep. need didn't need insulated um with the gators even though it was cold so I had the thick socks rotated them I had a pair of kind of regular thickness and then thick ones and I'd rotate them because it got cold and warm like the weather changed pretty good zero degree was definitely a mistake I was sweating zero degree bag yeah I should have done the 15 for sure it was hmm. big and heavy and, and just not needed
0: so quickly, though, speaking of the gear thing, so last time we had you on the podcast was episode 89. It was like, what was it called critiquing Chris Porter's late-season mm-hmm. gear list? What did you think of that new, like, format, Nate, of, like, having someone talk to the gear and having other people sit there and, like, uh, critique it a little bit, give some thoughts, you can talk about it a little bit more in depth rather than one person just stand up there and ramble off?
3: No, I loved it because, I mean, even if it's not you, I think there's gonna there would be some really good chatter from the gallery mm-hmm. on said pieces, either straight informational questions, or just maybe a little ribbing for why would you take that? Yeah, kind yeah. Of it thing. was Porter, so
0: it was a little bit extra ribbing. Oh so yeah. yeah, that was we great. To. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm gonna be on the other side with you and your ten little pieces of toilet paper. You. That's dirt disgusting. bag. That's <laughs> disgusting.
0: Eh, I'm a dirt bag camper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. But oh, I wanted. I wish I knew which. If it was Instagram or the guy's name or it was on YouTube, but we did have comments lately because a lot of us, a lot of people know that we all wear contacts. Like, have you ever thought about LASIK? Because that's what the guy's question is, like, you, could we save a bunch of weight not having contacts, the ease of not putting, getting our fingers dirty all the time, popping new contacts in? Have you looked at
2: it? Yeah, I, I actually was really, I had, like, an appointment. I had to pre-op. I was really close to doing it five years ago. They... I got a little gun-shy at the end about it it's just like something laser my eye I mean the technology is so good now but um I don't know yeah just I mean everyone says they have amazing experiences but um Mm -hmm. you when you're if your eyes are still changing that's when you don't want to do it because it could kind of wear off 10 years from now so my eyes are still like changing the prescription slowly changing in the last five years like a quarter point or whatever like getting worse yeah. So I I figure just wait till it really flattens out. Mm-hmm. But they, outside of hunting, they don't bother me at all. Yeah. And so it's like I don't know what problem I'm really solving. And now that I have my little hack system with like sleeping in it, it doesn't really it do doesn't it really it bother hack?
1: me. Or do you call it a uh, I don't want to call that a hack. It's a hack. My eyes are hurting just thinking about it. <laughs> but I, I've thought about I think about LASIK every day, but I am absolutely terrified of it. I'm terrified too. I'm like not to try and make myself sound cool by any means, but I am good with surgeries and pain and like it doesn't bother me. Like I'm totally cool. With it. If I got to go do it, yep, let's go do it. Whatever. Cut me open. All good. Like doesn't freak me out. I got two things in my life that freak me out and like genuinely terrify me and I'm due for both of them. <laughs> I got two healthy kids and I'm done having kids. My wife and I both. So I got to get clipped. And I got to do my eyes and I am genuinely terrified of both. And I think about them and I'm like, I try to get myself to man up and I'm like, I usually do a really good job of my internal man up to go take care of shit I need to take care of. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. LASIK and getting clipped.
2: I just can't do it. Dude, you have had legit surgeries. You are. I've had. Tough as nails when it comes to that stuff. I am the worst at stuff like that. Where it couldn't be polar opposites. You dropped me off at my appointment where I got clipped because <laughs> you couldn't if, even drive. If I
1: <laughs> if I can do it, you can do that. I, it's just I, it's just two things. Like I've I've had an unbelievable amount of surgeries, and like I'm you know got tattoos everywhere. Like I did shit that like that doesn't bother me. I could go in for a surgery right now on my shoulder again or my knees or any of that stuff. But just those two things, I it don't is, know why.
2: Genuinely, well, I mean, I got issues with my reasons. eyes being I mean,
1: touched and my nuts being touched. Yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. <laughs> the the eyes actually makes a little bit more sense. the The nuts thing is really, is genuinely not, not. You know me i I would say it's not. It's not. It's really not bad. I got
1: a mental block on those two things. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. To, to me, say. it's hard
0: to go into a surgery knowing it's elective. Yeah, like, well, it's um, on
1: you in a sense. Like
0: you're doing, you don't really need to in a sense. But I mean, I've essentially
1: done elective surgeries. I didn't have to get my shoulder fixed yeah. or anything, but I did. I yeah. mean, I guess, I guess that's not technically elective because I knew my life was going to be so much better. Well, yeah. I mean, shit, I guess that's this way too. Your yeah, life's so going to be a lot better with these two But to me, it's procedures. eyes. It's like yeah, I can see. I can eyes, see, man. I can see right now. What if? The what ifs? Take my hearing. I, can't,
0: I don't want to live on what ifs in life. Don't take my
2: hearing. Take my Take my smell. I want my eyes. Yeah. I mean, you're solving a bit of a problem with you are. the nuts one, but I don't know if you're solving a problem.
0: <laughs> I was thinking, I thought you were going to do the other ones. So no, I'm, like I'm taking what, back my you are part. What, but
2: you can put your contacts on in the pitch black. Yeah, easily. Like it's I not. Can too. It doesn't. So, could, what problem are you solving? But I could also, you know. It's more t- Wait, of a convenience. It's not bad. I mean, weight. Just think of me more think of I could, on I could contacts. bring. <laughs> if I didn't have contacts. <laughs> hey. Producer boar, what's the weight of two contacts? Nothing. And it's nothing. So can't be much. The I feel like we. What's a couple funny stories? Because we kind of ended on this real downer <laughs> moment. I, I, the hunt was fun. Obviously, it's it's not. It's you always leave a little mixed when you don't punch the tag. But we had action. The we, are milligrams. Okay, so they weigh like nothing. So contacts. Okay. So who cares, guys? We have to pack in contacts, but the
0: twenty-five milligrams is point zero 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 eight ounces. <laughs> that's there we go. Like
2: <laughs> that's that's nothing. I don't think you're gonna be able to take much more toilet paper. Nope. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, set with my one ounce. Okay. On the budget, so you gross. guys. Let's find budget for new chairs. These chairs are brutal. Hey, it has not been recorded. It's it's, it's on. Check to tape. Or you could give us it's little pillows tape. to sit on? These these honestly are insanely uncomfortable. This is like reminds me of Scotty's knob. Yeah. Which uh, was not that comfortable of a knob. No. No. We had a g- we had we had fun though. We No, it was a great time. We were in it we had a great time.
0: So after going through that hunt, what was your like biggest takeaway from it and maybe like advice someone runs in the same situation you experienced on a hunt like that?
2: What do you got over there, Big Nate?
3: Uh, if they were in that same situation,
0: tight canyon, timber, knowing you're seeing some bulls, anything you guys would have done. When you different. get the
3: shot, take it.
0: Get the shot, take it.
3: Quickly. Just, I mean, like I said, there's no reason to overcomplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let your guard down. Know what you need to do and shoot him. And yeah, it just, and for most, People, that's just experience really it is so, entirely experience
2: yeah. yeah, that was my first experience in timber I it's like if you put that put me in that exact same hunt next year it's so different so I mean it's a good learning I mean it was humbling yeah like guys that was a, I've done a lot of hunts um and I felt like I've had, I mean I've been hunting pretty legit for 10 years now not 30 by no means like an expert but I've done some pretty legit hunts I've not been in those experience like that situation at all. And I felt very new, very fast again. It was humbling for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was like picking them up in the timber, like picking up the movement, picking up the quickness. And you just you have to think so quickly. And you have to just, if you shoot the wrong bullet, it is what it is. Like those situations, like they're not perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, never, never perfect.
2: No, I mean, from a logistics side, food side, gear side, like all of that was dialed. Like of we course were, it was. <clears> that's what you're good at.
1: That's not your first rodeo there. No. Yeah, that was, no. that's dialed.
0: Speaking of the first rodeos, I, young Omar had a question. <laughs> for, young Omar had a question for you. Before we started the podcast, he's like, you got to bring this thing up. So recently he got back the photos from Nate from the whole hunt. he's like... Little Nate. Little Nate.
2: Not this Nate. Yep. Camera guy, Nate.
0: And we were looking at him as well. And we're like, what can we really do with some of these photos? Like, they're ball of photos. Like, he's a great photographer. Phenomenal photographer. But just the talent... Behind the photo, Christopher Porter's backpack situation. <laughs> Porter, you gotta start taking Yeah, you, have, you have a tight ship when it comes to your backpack. You got it. put a photo on the ship. vision right now, the younger one told me to bring up. Porter has his backpack. It looks kind of nice. Some straps are kind of going here or there, but whatever. Backpacks sometimes have a lot of straps. He has his tent strapped to the bottom outside of his backpack. Up on top, he has a sleeping bag, not in a compression sack, doesn't look like just like underneath his top lid, just like kind of stuff all over the place. And I'm like, it would be a great photo if it was just in, in, in his backpack looking good. What's the story there? What's the story there, Porter?
2: That's a good question from our social media guru. He's just, just looking up assets. for you. He's looking
0: up for the comments. Listen,
2: there's nothing wrong with that photo. <laughs> and there's I will defend this position all day long. That backpack setup. Money,
0: money. Nothing was swinging around, bouncing. No,
2: look, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Crocs guy, big Crocs guy. Got to have Crocs. No, yep. camp shoes. They weigh nothing. Those hang on the outside. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot the Crocs. The Crocs are on there too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Crocs are on the outside. That's what he's talking yeah, Crocs about. Crocs are on the outside. I put the, 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 the Stone Glacier tent. It is bombproof. It is big. It is like a mansion. It's it's large though. It takes up a lot of room. There was not room in the body of my backpack with all my food. I you know.
0: I bring you do have a lot of food, yes. Yeah,
2: Tom Ramen, another camp pack. That was how jealous were you? I had this coffee. I was serving everyone coffee every day. I wasn't jealous. I had some Tom Ramen. Tom Ramen. We were we were vibing. Yeah. So plenty of food I took up there. The tent did not have room in the body of the backpack, so on the bottom actually rode perfectly fine.
0: And there is straps down there. I'll give you credit for there that. There's
2: straps. It was it was it was tight. I was leading the pack on the way in. By the way, was I not? Yes. Okay. You seem reserved. Do you have something to say? Well, you no. Put I mean, me on, you can put me on blast. He's holding back a little bit.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, it was your hunt, so I was letting you go. But yeah.
2: Um.
0: Do you know what a compression sack is?
2: The sleeping bag. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't do a lot for me. Okay. Like I, I, could have. Look, the zero degrees giant. Yeah. So.
3: And you said you wish you would have taken. I would. 15. Have, I definitely should yeah, have taken the fifteen. It bulk, is yeah. bulky. What right. is the one issue that could potentially happen if you? carry your sleeping bag in the form or fashion that you
2: did. Oh. I mean, it rains.
3: No, no, no. What happened to Scotty, who had his rigged the same way that you did? He ripped.
2: Bump, bump, bump.
3: Did he? Caught a tree tree? and ripped. Did he rip his sleep bag? Not the bag, thank God, but it ripped the sack. Oh, yeah. Put a big hole in the sack, so now he no longer has a stuff sack, but now your sleeping bag exposed. So now uh-huh. you're worrying about, am I going to snag it? Yeah, lose yeah. all that
0: insulation. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's yeah, it's not, it's not an ideal situation. The zero degree actually was not that much heavier than the 15, which is kind of why I ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, you can fact check me, but I swear it's like six ounces or something. It's not, it's not, a, it is bulkier though. It takes mm-hmm. up a lot more room. Should have probably done a compression sack. Yeah, I don't advise sleeping bag on the outside. It was under my lid. It was pretty protected. And at the top, you know, it's just—it's actually. We'll see. We'll check the. We'll fixed, check the asset. It's, we'll yeah. Omar is embellishing. Look, Omar goes on a guided hunt with a runs of Sartini <laughs> in New Mexico. Comes back with a bull, and now he's you know popping advice to everybody. He's Backcountry king. Yes. So is, he His head's gotten a little big. He is over. He's embellishing for sure. My my, the the um crocs were definitely swinging around. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that thing was high and tight.
0: Yeah. I only bring it up too because like I I have this photo and I I've shared it a couple times on my Instagram just like looking back at how I used to backpack until now I did the same thing back in the day I had a giant sleeping bag on the bottom of my backpack and it was one of those old like JanSport Mm -hmm. external frames and it was swinging the whole time like banging in my ass (laughs) I had I had my uh, Camelback and had the outer sleeve on it for some reason to protect everything but Camelback was on the outside. So like bladder is a great chance to get popped up on top was a sleeping bag thing hanging off and then there was a giant roll top pad yeah those old ones all hanging off off outside I've, my backpack I have
1: wildly refined mine as well yeah
0: it's just like it, like to me it's funny looking back at that one because like I was like what was I thinking yeah doing that but you you do have some use cases you uh, your stuff is pretty dialed so I'll let it slide young Omar just Omar had a big know request
2: shit. so. The the sleeping bag, yeah, definitely don't advise. I advise against on the outside, but it was per, very protected on top of the lid. My backpack rode great. The um, the the other thing was the swig rig. I mean, this is like th- two months ago when we did this gear list. Our stories are, you know, I got to brush up my memory here a little bit. But the other thing we were debating was the swig swig rig thing. Money, the yeah, Nalgene. Oh, the double Nalgene. No, no bladder. Double Nalgene yes. was perfect. That's that great. was a great setup. Oh, the um. The uh, um, water enhancer things. What are they called? The um, Suppl- hydration supplements. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> water enhancer <Water> supplements. <laughs> supplements. Yeah,
2: I mean, actually, I do think in though, here, I do yeah. think those were. You act like you've been doing that for like a decade. Everyone around here has been doing this for like a year.
1: I have been taking supplements for over a decade. In
2: the in the backcountry, absolutely, without question. Fact check that. I don't know 100% do go
0: I can fact check it you look you look back on go to uh, our for very below first zero time. yeah below zero that's almost ten years ago now They're like I've been really over yeah. it,
2: it was I I I actually enjoyed those a lot I did feel better I felt great up there like I was energy level was great like I felt really good about the setup yeah camp, it's amazing what supplements will do yeah and that was it's great that <laughs> was a huge win what else was debatable
0: any gear that you never used that you brought that looking back on, you can just like get rid of it.
2: Cat got your tongue over here, big dog. No, I, I everything I took, I used
0: spotter, optic setup, dial. Good, good choice there.
2: Yeah, the tens cannot normally,
1: cannot stress the SIGs in timber like that enough. Oh, god, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I'm so I glad I got Lorenzo converted. I mean, my use cases this year, because we were hunting crazy thick timber too with Omar in, uh, on his elk. And then the story of my sheep, how I found the sheep that was hit. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot stress it enough. It's incredible.
3: Hmm. I can see where you're coming from. That, yeah. I mean, that close and that much background.
1: I mean, it's glassing off a tripod yeah. in a half a second. It's just. That, that would have been a
2: game changer. I never really thought about that. That would have been huge. That would have been huge.
1: The timber, I don't know how you can hunt the timber otherwise. I really don't now doing it. Like I It's mean, hard to go back. I don't know how I could ever hunt the timber efficiently without having those.
2: The tricer tripod was fantastic. That was the first time I ran that. Mm-hmm. The little handle, I loved it. It was super compact. The 15s, normally I run like a, 12 or, a or 12 or 15 off a tripod. That was the first time I've had 10s on my tripod in a long time. I was picking stuff up like crazy. Granted, they were elk, but like. Those ten, that tripod, that, I mean, yeah. sh- it was unbelievable. Good feel little, with you too, with the ten. What was the um, bino adapter I took, to the Asiac? Oh, yeah, you had the that, Asiac. Yeah, put that, that thing on was one. fantastic. Yep. Um, first, first, first time I ran, um, no soft shell. Yeah, how'd that go? Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I get what you guys are saying now. Like,
0: It has its purpose. Yeah. On certain hunts, for sure.
2: For, for a backpack, because it's a little heavier and it's not as packable, mm-hmm. I took the, um, the Cirque light. was fantastic, and it was really breathable. You can actually do some light hiking in it. Some of the stocks, I had that on when it was real cold. But, um, yeah, just the down setup is obviously critical when it's super cold. Um, well, our gear was pretty dialed. We're ready to kill. We just didn't kill. <laughs> yeah. Still well, going to
0: go. be a film coming out
1: on a hunt?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Not much action. You have to. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, when I came back, all my not hunting friends, like, wait, you were gone eight days. You, didn't, you were just hiking around. It's like, no, it's hunting. You don't always kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's painful. But, it's hey, it's part of hunting. And, mm-hmm. like, especially when you're trying to hunt, like, mature animals, that you know, sucks. It's not fun. It's mm-hmm. part of hunting. So... A lot of my hunting, non-hunting friends did not. They don't get. They don't get it. Yeah, the no me? No me? This shit ain't no. a guarantee. No. Like you actually got to work
1: pretty goddamn hard.
0: Could have been giving all your friends jerky <laughs> and sticks for Christmas.
1: Could have been. I mean, to kill good, to kill, you know, mature, the, yeah. the animals that should be being killed. Like to kill one of those, shit's hard work. Mm-hmm. You got to work mm. pretty goddamn hard.
0: I'm proud that he held the line, didn't you know, yeah. drop down to shoot something else just to shoot something. It was tough there. For it comes, <laughs> with, comes with maturity.
1: It does. I mean, I had
0: to
3: grab a hold of the collar a couple times. <laughs>
0: I got I got one more question. Again, it comes from our awesome friend young Omar. Is Chris Porter ever gonna get into archery?
2: I'm really close. Watching Lorenzo's archery shop next door, I share one with him, you know, and yeah. I pop my head in there and he's
1: <laughs> Let me tell you what, you want some real highs and lows? Like some real ones, get
2: into archery hunting. Well, like I mean it opens up a lot more opportunities to draw tags, of course. Like this this area, like if they were vocal, it's like so different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm torn. Like it takes more time. Yep. And I don't need do more time away right from now. family. I don't have, I, for the next, how old is my oldest? My oldest daughter's nine until she's whatever, 16. I'm like coaching her sports in the fall and this and that. It is time is precious. So there's absolutely a time where I'm going to geek out about it. I don't know if it's this year and it's coming up. Like I'm definitely like really close just that time commitment is the problem that's mm. like that's that's the issue what about you this guy's a rifle guy too and he's got all the time in the world alleged
3: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I don't know I have missed one of the biggest deer I've ever shot at with a bow and I haven't touched it since and that was years ago and I'm probably do I'm probably no,
1: that's, do. Uh, look if you want the real highs and lows like I'm talking I'm talking ones that like you can't recover from highs and lows get into bow hunting
2: Okay. I mean, it's, we saw it firsthand with. We've with all been there, guy no, Bradley. We've, we've all been there.
0: You do I live mean. in a good state, Mr. Nate. I know. But I'm okay. Ball.
3: So here's my biggest peeve, and it's uh, I'm a hardhorn guy. Mm. I don't get me wrong. I love mule deer, big, small, love them all. Uh, but yeah, hardhorn. I just not velvet. Nope. I, I don't know Not why. Not your look. I don't, yeah, I don't, I really don't. I, I do, don't. I
1: think hard are better looking. Yeah, I do. I, I think it's better
2: looking. Yeah, for those of you wondering, Nate lives the dream. He relocated to Wyoming. What, two years couple ago? years ago. So he gets to go buy Deer and Elk at yeah. <laughs> Ace Hardware.
0: Oh, live that dream, buddy.
2: All right, so before <laughs>
1: I get yelled at by Katie, and before our camera overheats, we got to call this one.
2: Call
0: we can definitely do that. I appreciate you guys coming on. I'm
1: only 25 minutes late. Katie should be yeah. super happy.
0: We all get yelled at by Katie. Yeah, yeah, we
1: all do.
2: Thanks for having us on, guys. Thank yeah. you. Most Thank impressive
0: you. guest, Christopher Porter. Yeah. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. I, I,
2: I won't be asked back with how depressing this one was.
0: No, this was a solid one. I, I like.